Welcome to Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. That is what we do. Take your calls about whatever's on your mind here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. And Chris. And Chris, you and I both went this morning to another uh, another sad, but I guess in some ways happy uh, court event. You know, it's hard to tell. Right. Um, we'll have to see, you know, how, how it all works out. You know, it's it's one of these things where it's like, you don't know. You really you still don't know. It's 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 uh, it's still kind of unfolding. Well, let's talk about what, what it was. And yeah. I'm actually glad that nobody is uh, normally here with us. Our, our co-host, nobody is normally here on uh, Friday nights. He asked for the night off tonight. He has not slept Apparently for days, and it's pretty exhausted. It's kind of uh, understandable. <laughs> given that, yeah, I suspect his not sleeping. I mean, he tends to sometimes not sleep anyways, just because he gets in a, you know, he just programs and, and never stops. Sure. Uh, but I, I suspect it has to do with the fact that he did take a plea deal this morning in the Crypto 6 case. And that, that probably is what kept him uh, from sleeping over the past few days. And nobody and I are, are allowed to talk again under the bail conditions that were modified a few weeks ago, several weeks ago now at this point. But we still aren't allowed to talk about the case. Uh, so it's probably better that he's actually not here because, like, I would think we should be able to say what he did since that's How public, are you supposed right? to defend yourself and not be able to speak to the co-defendant? You know, it just seems that seems crazy. It's to insane. Me. It seems yeah. like a violation of like fundamental due process rights. If you're going to be tried with somebody else, you got to be able to talk to them about like, well, what did happen? What didn't happen? Yeah. What do you recall? What do I recall? Well, the yeah. FBI and the prosecutors certainly get to talk to each other. Right. Right. <laughs> All the FBI agents get to talk to each other and the Postal Service, whoever the hell else is involved in this. Uh, insane situation but so we're not supposed to talk about the case but i don't think that means we couldn't talk about what has happened publicly and anyone could have attended this this like wasn't it right it's not a secret nope. trial uh anybody could have attended this morning I, Although it was, I attended it you attended it yeah and it was had, super uh, short notice though we didn't find out about it until yep. yesterday afternoon or yesterday evening but we all um you and i and a few other folks managed to come out this morning uh at 10 a.m at the uh, the concord federal district courthouse which is the same place where uh, Renee and Andy Spinella, who are two other co-defendants in the Crypto 6 case a couple days ago or earlier this week, uh, took similar plea deals. Both, I think, I believe all three of them have now pled to a quote-unquote wire fraud charge. So no one thus far has pled to what ostensibly was the reason for the investigation, which is money transmission without a government permission slip. It's all been wire fraud Mm. in this case. And I believe uh, somebody put it as contempt of bank uh, yeah. was the the real actual what this it, is uh, it's about because no one was defrauded out of any money. Yeah, at any and point. It, it's crazy. Even the prosecutor said during I believe uh, it was nobody's hearing that uh, the bank wasn't damaged. Uh, they effectively said something to that effect, where there were no losses, there was That's no correct. victim, and it's like, <laughs> what, right. what, how are you? How are you? How's you know, how is the judge supposed to accept a plea deal where the prosecution is saying there's not even a victim? In the well, case? he did. Um, he did, yeah. and this is the amazing. This is the amazing part. I mean, technically, he hasn't accepted it yet because this is not. This wasn't the sentencing, but no, he did accept it today. That was the purpose of today's hearing. Sentencing is different from that. So, oh, you're right. You're right. I'm deal, sorry. Correct. You're right. Nobody signed a piece of paper, right. a 13-page agreement with the yep. government uh, gang, and the the today's 
purpose of the hearing was for the man in the robe to go over the agreement and, you know, line by line, basically yeah. say, you've read this, you understand it, and do you, do you yeah. plead guilty? What, right. And that's, that's most of it. It was mostly like, you know, do you, you know, do you understand what you're getting yourself into? Do you understand yeah. what you're going to agree? Do you, you understand, understand the consequences? Your rights? Yeah. Uh, have your lawyers advised you on yeah. this? You know, and then they asked the lawyers, did they, you know, have you advised him? And it's like, everybody has to confirm and... Yeah, my yeah. favorite part of the hearing was when he was asked if he was under any kind of duress or coercion. And that was his entertaining. answer was like, well, of I course. Mean, <laughs> include, yeah, excluding what they're doing to me to get me to take the plea deal. Right. Because uh, they, don't, they don't count that as coercion in right. the courts. That's just the way they do quote-unquote business. Uh, so it's it's a sad situation, of course. You don't blame anybody. I don't blame anybody for, for taking a plea if they feel like that's the best road for them i mean it's it's sad because it's a federal felony and that's something i learned this week i didn't know this uh i knew you could uh do a nullification not nullification but annulment of uh, like a state felony is, is that what they call it because i, I used that word earlier yeah. and i thought that wasn't quite right there wasn't quite the right word that's the legal term isn't it to... annulment when they like undoes it i thought they just Correct. erased it from the record not all of it wasn't technically an annulment uh, an annulment would be an erasing from the record, and, and basically you are not convicted of that thing. But that's There's what they—that's no what legally they call it—is an annulment. Yes, that's okay. correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they don't have that in the, the federal, federal level. system right. for a felony. For a felony conviction, right. federal level, you cannot get so, that annulment. You know it's there for life. I I was always under the impression that you couldn't annul it, and I didn't realize that you could at the state level. You can. at least some states. I think it has to go. Yeah, I don't know if it's all states, but here yeah. in New Hampshire, I think it's like. Seven to ten years if it's a felony or something like that, See, and after that time, I had never heard of that before yep. until I, I think probably until I got to New Hampshire. Yeah, I think for uh, misdemeanors it can be as little as like three years or something, depending on the class of the misdemeanor. You know, the thing that I find really weird about at least New Hampshire, and I don't know if this is the same in other states, but it, like there's an arrest record, and you can you have to pay them a hundred dollars if you want to, to wipe it. it. Yeah, to yeah. wipe it. It's like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. I, they didn't charge me, they didn't convict me, you know, and mm. and yet you have an arrest record like that's somehow going to be used against you potentially. You know, it's like. They're going to get money out of you any yeah. way they can. And I and, and you have to pay for that? Yeah. Like the, the person who wasn't even, you know, convicted of anything? It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Well, that's uh, government for you. Yep. And uh so that's where we were this morning. But then we went a little bit later to Footloose had another court hearing. <laughs> that was an entertaining like <laughs> that yeah. was more entertaining than the first trial. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. and we have video because it's state court and oh, they, yeah. they have to let video cameras in there, which is one of the things that you know, I I have to wonder surely someone has challenged the federal courts not allowing in cameras at some point, right? Like that must have happened in I the two, you know, you 100 know, years or here, long Here's the difference. The federal courts usually are only taking much more serious cases, like where there's more serious jail time. Like, I mean, think about it. They, What's that have? To, that has nothing to do with bringing a camera in. No, no, no. But you're you're not going to go after the small stuff. You're going to be focused on the big stuff. What right? do you mean? You're going to be focused on whatever you're being accused of. You're not going to be most in most cases. Oh, you mean you're not going to be worrying about challenging? I just stuff mean like media. Like anybody who's been denied access should be able hmm. to, to challenge that. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. It's an interesting question because it would be media, I guess, that would have to challenge it, not the defendant, presumably. I mean, the defendant could. That is, I would think they would have standing to say, hey, what about my my right to have my, you know, more than somebody typing a a transcript out? Because that's all you get in federal court is the lady that types the transcript. And if uh, somebody wants to, an observer wants to somehow record things, they would have to write it down. 
That's so, all you get. You can't bring in a camera. And, you can't bring in an audio recorder. And you can't bring in a video uh, you're device. Right. And what's interesting, though, about this is, too, it's not a law. It's it's a court rule, as I understand mm, it. Yeah, so, of course. So you're basically appealing to the people who are, imp- are implementing the rule in the first place mm-hmm. if, if you're going to try to appeal something like that. I, it's, it's, a, it's a very bizarre – you know, court, courts are very bizarre kind of. Yeah, and you're right they, about – And they work and stuff. Yeah, you're right about it being a court rule because during COVID, and I don't know if it's still happening – but during COVID, they started doing phone access for federal trials. Yeah. So Chris Cantwell's hearing uh, that they had recently on the civil case that he was involved with down in Charlottesville, that was available on the phone. You could call in and listen to the entire thing. There was no video feed, mm. but you could call and listen. And that was the first time that I've ever seen a federal court, like COVID was, the yeah. first time that I'd ever seen federal courts do that. And I hope they keep that around because that that gives an unprecedented level of access it to does. federal courts that have never been accessible in that way it does. before. You know, it's, it's interesting, too. Um, with COVID, I believe, and, and I you can probably search YouTube for this, but you can probably find or or odyssey um mm. you can probably find video uh even though you're not supposed to do this uh of federal courts uh you know using zoom uh of, of the feed which we've never had before because well, anybody COVID. recording that is in violation of the they, court they are but i believe people have published some videos to youtube it wouldn't surprise me so, if youtube took those down but odyssey would be a probably possibly, safer place for yeah. something like that uh if you're willing to risk federal prosecution yes for that well, i don't know what the charge would be probably contempt uh the number yeah. 603-283-6160 you can join us here share your thoughts it's free talk live it's free talk live the phones are open here you can join us at 603-283-6160 coming up we're going to get into the latest a bad news for the newspaper industry They've been cutting back their print uh, days and the number of pages and the sizes of the pages for years now. (laughs) It ain't over. They're going to keep cutting. We'll tell you more about that on the way here. And again, the number if you want to join the show, it's 603-283-6160. We're just kind of talking about our experience today, Chris. Uh, You and I and a few other uh, activists, Joa, uh, breaking the flaw, was, uh, was there as well. We went to the hearing for our friend Nobody. And uh, which was a plea deal hearing, meaning that uh, there are now three of the original Crypto 6 remaining who have not yet taken any kind of an offer uh, in that situation. If you haven't checked out the Crypto 6, you can go to thecrypto6.com. There's videos and some background there. Uh, Please feel free to learn more about this attack against cryptocurrency and the freedom to use it. That's what this case is all about. The federal government would like you to believe that it's all about, quote-unquote, defrauding the banks. Oh, this is so ridiculous. Even I mean, though they've admitted <laughs> that the banks did not actually lose any money or property. And you have to lose... I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing. I, I It bothers me to no end that we don't have audio or video recording of these prosecutors yeah. saying this stuff. Because it's like, you, you should... People should be so upset and angry. But the courts keep this... You know, this kind of stuff from you because they don't allow at the federal level, they don't allow you in to record. Right. Yeah, it's really frustrating. And uh, like I said, I, I if anybody knows if there's ever been a case, I mean, I just presume that 
with all the media in the United States and freedom of the press and all that, surely <laughs> someone has brought a case against these stupid court rules that prohibit the most basic of recording devices from I mean, coming into the courthouse. I mean, the thing is, when you start looking at like stats and things like that, it's almost as bad as a show trial, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the court system. Um, I think it's something like 98% pe- 98% of cases, I think there's a plea uh, plea bargain, uh, so they plead guilty, um, ba- ba- basically under duress because yeah. they're threatened with uh, yep. you know ridiculous amounts of time in jail in a cage. And then uh, and other that people, happened in this case, of course, of where the, they were threatened with more charges, yep. mm-hmm. which they weren't mm-hmm. told what the nope. what more charges would nope. be. Um, and then um, and then you end up uh, and then if you look at like, well, the, those who do take it to court, you know, what's the percentage of people who get found not guilty? And it's it's low. It's low. It's yeah. I, I I thought it was like 78 percent or something like that, but it, it might be as low as 60 percent. Yeah. So you can um, understand why somebody would take a plea deal and then. In nobody's case, uh, it's my understanding, you know, word gets around from lawyers or whatever, that uh, his offer was time served. And as you know, last year, he spent six months in a cage when the government was arguing he was a bail risk and, you know, he's going to run or whatever it was, or he's dangerous. And so they finally let him out in September after six months of uh, sitting in the cage. And so now he's they're going to count that as his sentence, basically, for this quote unquote wire fraud uh, that he pled to. Yeah. Again, no victim, no crime. And the prosecutor literally said this in the hearing. Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how people can be okay with this and still be under the belief that like you know government good it, it, it's not it, that's just government not evil it, yeah it really Clearly. is it really is and it's not like it's just the prosecutor or just the fbi or just law enforcement mm-hmm. it's across the board yeah. it really is it's a system of people who have had their hearts and souls just removed and they just don't seem to have humanity left. I mean, I don't know. It, I think the longer people work for the government, the less they are human. I mean, I realize they're like us. They look like us. They walk and talk like us. But it must be just it must eat away at your soul to do those jobs. And I, I feel for those those people. I mean, I. Yeah, I, I I don't understand. I get that they probably do deal with bad people, like you know, actual killers or most whatever. Most of these but, people that they're dealing with are like drug crimes, but yeah, with no victim. I wonder I what mean, the breakdown is. I wonder if you were to look at these prosecutors, you know, uh, histories, yeah. and see what kind of convictions they've gotten. I what mean, are the crimes? We already have a good idea of that based on the fact that it's people who either aren't seeing a cage or they're seeing it, meaning there's probably no victim, or they mm-hmm. are seeing a cage, and the most of those. Most of the jails are filled up with with drug crimes, nonviolent sure. drug crimes. Yep. So I, I don't know. True at the it's, state and the federal yeah. level, there's a lot of that. Um, I don't know. It, it's you know, it's it's one thing if you were going after rapists and murderers, but that's not you know that's not what they're going after. They're not they're not targeting people with actual victims. They're targeting you know mo- you know they're targeting political activists. So they're targeting yep. you know even when even when somebody gets charged with something like wire fraud, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the reason that they're investigating that case. Um, right. If you start looking at like like numbers too, often you'll find like that there's these weird cases where you know there's you know uh, like frequently when they when you're in, when you're seeing what the FBI will prosecute, it's going to be stuff that's like, okay, there was so many millions of dollars involved in like 
uh, fraud, like actual fraud, mm-hmm. where you know there was a there might have been a victim, an actual. That's victim. the reason why the wire fraud statutes were written, right? Was right. for actual fraud. But when you when you go and you look at what they what they sometimes prosecute, which are are people who have not created any kind of victim, mm-hmm. that should make people think, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, why are they going after these particular individuals? And and, right. and, and I think it's a perfect example is the Crypto 6 case here. So, uh, You mentioned activists being prosecuted. We talked about um, briefly, but I want to get deeper into what happened uh, in state court today where you and I went to watch the Footloose hearing. Footloose yeah. is one of what they are calling the New Hampshire Nine, although uh, Joa from uh, Breaking the Flaw, he had a much better name. He called them the Noble Nine, which I liked. I thought that was much better. But people have been calling it the New Hampshire Nine. People, uh, nine people who were arrested, most of whom didn't know one another they were almost complete strangers i yeah. think i think footloose and therese knew one another but the rest of them no one knew each other yeah and uh, these are people who are arrested at what they call the executive council meeting here in new hampshire so for listeners that aren't familiar we have a governor position in new hampshire there's no lieutenant governor in new hampshire there's just the governor and then there's what they call the executive council which is a five seat board that essentially has they kind of control the purse strings to some extent. The governor cannot sign off on spending more than I think like fifteen hundred bucks or fifteen thousand. It's something. It's fifteen something, and it's fairly low. Um, he cannot approve any amount of spending that is above this relatively low number without the executive council approving it. So that's what they do, and or one of the things that they they do. It's sort of the main main role. So it was at one of these meetings, they were going to accept like $27 million in federal um, bribe money for COVID-related stuff, and hundreds of people showed up to oppose this, to show their their political strength, to say, hey, don't take, yeah, hey, executive counselors, don't take this money, don't take this bribe from the feds. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, this is bigger than COVID, because we've been opposing sure. uh, b- federal bribes at the s- state level for a long time, and New Hampshire actually has a history of refusing federal monies uh federal bribes yeah uh, um, seatbelt laws a yeah. good example of that yeah. a so, long time we still don't have a seatbelt yeah. law and they've and, been trying for and years and this by the way predates the free state project it oh, yeah. predates libertarians moving to new hampshire there's so. a reason new hampshire was chosen as it the, was the destination for the free yeah. state project so it was at that meeting with the hundreds of people attending all who, who were behaving very nicely they were all just sitting quietly watching this meeting and then all of a sudden cops came up and they grabbed uh they asked not grabbed at that point but later they grabbed yeah. them uh footloose who who was a friend of the show, and a lady named Therese, who's a nurse, and they asked them to get up and come to the back of the room where they subsequently arrested them. They were completely silent up until the arrest. And then they arrested seven other people who kind of spoke out and were upset about it. We'll tell you more about it coming up. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever is on your mind here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
888-646-6160. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. Bonnie joining us. Uh, you work at uh, the the Mighty Moose Mart here in town, and so that's why you're a little bit late with us here tonight. You're sitting in for nobody, so welcome. Yeah, I was kind of turned down, so I didn't hear myself. Just so, oh. so I kind of stopped saying Bonnie. There you go. But you're here, and it's good to have you. Yeah. Uh, so we were just recapping something that you couldn't attend today. You weren't able to come to Concord um, due to your other obligation. And uh, Chris and I were there for the what they call the New Hampshire Nine or the Noble Nine hearing. This was not a trial. It was just a like a trial management thing, a case management. Sure. Yeah. Uh, trial management conference. For them to yeah. finally find out what they're being accused of? Well, they found out that there's more, uh, at least charges for Footloose specifically. Mm-hmm. A friend of the show who we've had... Behind a microphone. I don't think it was just Footloose, as I understood it. Wasn't it everybody was getting more charges? No, I don't think so. I think they specifically had charges for Footloose. Maybe. I, I don't think so, because isn't that why they were all so upset? Because they didn't know about those new charges? Why would they have been upset if it was just Footloose? I didn't catch anything for any anybody else in that. Oh, you're right. No, no. What happened was they weren't. I don't think they were new charges. Or amended. I think they were amended. They were calling them amended charges. charges yeah. But for Footloose, he got a new chart, more than one new charge today, as yeah. I understand it. Um, so we're talking about the New Hampshire Nine. They got arrested at this executive council meeting to oppose. Just uh, ridiculous. In protest, if you will, even though they weren't protesting, they were just sitting silently. Well, they're uh, facing their backs to Sununu. They, they, they were having, I think, I think the best way to describe it is a silent protest. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was non disruptive as well. Uh, and so they uh, they got arrested. First, uh, first Footloose and Therese were led back. And in my opinion, they should not have gotten up. Um, if it, you know, it's easy to second guess, right? Whenever yeah. you're on the outside looking at somebody's situation, but basically, state police goons came up to them and invited them, asked mm. them to get up and come to the back of the room. And if it were me, I would say, no, no, thanks. I'm I'm here to watch the meeting. Well, you, know? you, you can't talk because if you talk, then that's <laughs> violating the rules, uh, which is disorderly, which means that they have now a reason to arrest you. Well, I would rather they arrest me in front of the crowd than do what they did, which mm. was sneakily lead them to the back <laughs> of the room where there was like a... Not a curtain. A, yeah, like a, a large curtain cordoning sure. off the, like half the room. They took them behind the curtain and then proceeded to arrest them for... Well, actually, he didn't know. I don't think they even told them what the arrest was for they at didn't that time. For, even in, when they got out of jail, they didn't have the charges. complaint charges. Right. Yeah, they didn't have any. Yeah, that, and that's and that's the crazy thing. It's like they they just they're just making stuff up, and they were ordered. Sure. They were ordered. I mean, it's pretty obvious what happened. They were ordered uh, by the governor to make arrests, but they didn't know what to arrest these people for because they didn't actually commit to yeah, cook it up later. They so, expected them to go in there and be like. Vote no, vote no, or something. Right, so right, that's why it. they were ready. The, right. what, what they were ready for, and yeah, they had dozens of cops. Yeah, in that yeah. Place. I mean, these 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 uh, activists. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I guess activists is a appropriate word. They they knew that this was coming. Like they knew. I mean, it was pretty apparent. There were so many cops here. Yeah, they, were uh, ready. they knew, and uh, that's explicitly why it was a silent protest, so to speak. And nobody. Right. I mean, you could look listen to the audio and the video of sure. people recording this, and no, there wasn't a peep no from anybody. Talking. And I was there, but I didn't get to go inside. Mm-hmm. And the first because it was at capacity, right? They, yeah, there was yeah. like a hundred people outside, just uh, outside protesting because they couldn't get in, and like two hundred inside. Mm-hmm. And um, the first person I saw come out was really upset. Was our friend Gail Domenico, and she was yep. like, "They're they're snatching people up out of their seats for no reason." Like yep. she said, she people shocked. that weren't saying anything. They're, she was like almost in tears. She was like so 
upset. There, there was a question early on as to whether or not they were being arrested for disorderly or whatever it was for somehow disrupting it because mm-hmm. there wasn't any disruptions. And nope. so there were we were wondering, well, are they trying to arrest them for disruption at a prior hearing or something along those yeah, lines? He was confused. Because, he didn't know what they were arrested because there for. was nobody. Everybody was quiet right. until the arrests occurred at a minimum. So it doesn't make sense for them to be arrested for disorderly. For at that event nope, doesn't make any sense. It but was they do planned. What they want. It was planned. And well, what else is interesting? I thought about this is they went after the leaders of different groups of people, and that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why they know each other because there was basically different groups coming together, kind of right. So, which is typical for them. That's right, how they play right. it. They, so they target the leaders. It was clear political attack. Yep. And I, I think the most, uh, ob- I mean, the most obvious way I think that they were expecting it to go was for everybody to start making a ruckus or whatever sure. so that's why they had it all set up and ready oh, yeah. otherwise they would have just arrested these people at their homes yeah, if it that's was for why, a prior offense that's why they had the right. whole half of a room cordoned off in yep. the back because they figured they were going to need to arrest like half the room right. full of people and then they're like hey we have all these cars and we're really ready and pumped up to arrest people so they started arresting anyone that was like what's going on right. they separated a woman from her baby Yep. Well, I mean, the crazy thing is, and a seventy-year-old woman got arrested. The crazy, too. Got around. The cr- right? The crazy, but the crazy thing is that they hadn't even made any noises prior to being arrested. They That's only, crazy. they so so basically, they said amen or pledge of allegiance mm-hmm. all along with or uh, being led by the governor, though, which is mm-hmm. what normally happens. And so only Therese said amen. Footloose said he mm-hmm. didn't say anything. Right. Well, anyway, but the point is that it, that was kind of like. I, I think that was kind of the idea that she was arrested for saying amen or that's what the assumption is, but it's absurd. It's it's just, it's the most absurd thing because that's like kind of the, that's, that's what happens in at these. It's a prayer. Right. I mean, why not it's, say amen? And if that's her religion, is she getting targeted for her religion? And she's supposed to yeah. under the New Hampshire constitution. The whole thing's insane. She's supposed to have the right to uh, practice her religion that's however true. she wants as long as she's not disturbing the peace of others and yeah, that's, that's what they're going to allege the they're going to allege that they disturbed the meeting but i think they have no case if they disturbed but... the meeting sununu led the disturbance yeah. <laughs> i think they have no case personally and we may see some of these charges get dropped uh later on but it'll be interesting to see this when it finally does go to trial again today oh, yeah. wasn't the trial today they brought out new charges against footloose they charged him with another disorderly conduct for when they took him back Again, they they called it disorderly conduct when they were just sitting there, and yeah. then when they were arresting him for that, uh, then they uh, he shouted out, "We're he getting sa- arrested!" Yeah, something like that. So you know what's interesting? And they, they charged him for that. Yeah. So you know what's interesting too is, I, and, and I suspect this is why they're saying that he wasn't under arrest immediately when they mm-hmm. brought him to the back, is because if they had, then all those following charges would probably not be um, uh, usable in court because it would be like kind of the, the fruit of the, I think, was, is that called the fruit of the poisonous tree? Mm-hmm. That is that is something. But, that is something. But yeah. basically, fruit of, the fruit, of the, uh, fruit of the poisonous tree, basically the idea is if, if, if the... Fruit of the poisonous tree is generally like if you um, wrongfully search a house or... Uh, yeah, if you if you do a search on a house and it's like illegal or something yeah, like that, and you find something and you, you can't find use something it. illegal, if you're yeah. if you're like for example, if you pull somebody over and your basis for pulling them over is an out tail out tail light, but their tail light isn't out, then anything that you find thereafter can be thrown out. Nice. So yeah. so yeah, um, and and this is why I think that they're suggest. I, I I suspect I don't know, but I suspect they might be saying that they weren't under arrest until after 
that he was brought behind the curtain because otherwise well, he wasn't under arrest until after he was brought behind the curtain. How he is was, that possible? How do you? He was voluntarily going uh, with them. They asked him to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Will you come back here with us? And he, right. they got well, up and I did. Mean, the problem though is they still didn't have any basis for asking him to come back there. They can ask you anything. That right. was my rookie mistake when I first got arrested. It was because the cops that came to my work were trying to see if I was drunk and I was behind a really large desk and I was like, nope, not drunk, didn't drink, sorry. And then they were like, uh, we need to you to, we we need to be closer to you or something. Can you come around the desk? So I was like, okay. I thought I had to because yeah, the didn't. cop asked mm-hmm. me. But another no, way to it, confirm to. that is you can say to a cop, mm. "Are you asking or are you ordering?" Yeah. Or I could have just said no. You could just say no. That's true. I like it here. You actually don't have to respond at all, That's true. and you can yeah. just wait yeah. for them to arrest you. I didn't know um, any of that. Was too, an That's the other thing. Yeah, you could I say, mean, "Why don't you leave?" But <laughs> my, you're not welcome my, here. My usually what I do is I just say I don't answer questions, and when they ask you the question yeah, again, they, you just keep repeating yourself. Yep. Um, and you sound that's like a, a broken one. record, but it, I mean it's pretty apparent. And they, they're, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that hard. You just gotta practice a little bit. I don't take orders. I don't answer questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or I like Jay Noon. I'll take your orders for fifty thousand dollars an hour. Yeah. Would you like right. me to come? come around the counter it'll be fifty thousand dollars uh 603-283-6160 but the safest response i think is yours which is i don't answer questions and then just stare at them tell them to leave uh we're coming up here you can share your thoughts it's free talk live Talk live phones are open here. You can join us. Uh, we're talking about the New Hampshire Nine court case. People arrested for victimless crimes of so-called disorderly conduct for simply sitting quietly. Uh, in many cases, at the uh, executive council meeting last October, where they were executive council was looking to approve twenty-something million dollars worth of federal COVID bribe money. With you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. So we've been following this case uh, pretty closely. Went to a hearing today in Concord, and uh, it was just a case status conference where they brought out more charges against Footloose, who was the the loudest of all of the <laughs> uh, the various different defendants there. And so, uh, and and he's also the most interesting character because he is the only one of the nine who is not being represented by an attorney in the case. And whenever an activist chooses to go pro se, as they call it, it is always a more interesting case because attorneys are, for those that don't know, attorneys are officers of the court. And I don't, I don't mean to attack attorneys here to say all of them are bad because not, not all of them are bad. Some of them are pretty decent. But the fact is they all are officers of the court. They all swear an oath of allegiance to the court. In order to become an attorney, that's part of the deal. Mm. So, the, the attorney, even though they're your attorney, <laughs> they still have an allegiance to the system. And it gets kind of even more interesting because they actually all know. I mean, I won't say all know each other, but like these guys went in to New school Hampshire. Together. They all know each yeah, other. Seems exactly. Like the, all the um, ones associated with Crypto Six know each other. Even the prosecution. Yeah, it, you're literally talking mm-hmm. to. You're, you're basically. They're kind of all on the same team, so to speak, right? Um, you know, you're paying to some them. extent. Yeah. I mean, you're paying them, but it's <laughs> yeah, that's still their they job. Have, to... Their incentive is they want to win their case. Sure. It's still their job to represent the client as best as they can in the system, within the rules mm-hmm. and the structure. When you're an activist who's not an attorney and you have not accepted the representation of an attorney, you've got more leeway. 
you you've got more things that you can do during a court case than the attorney can get away with. You can say things to a judge that an attorney would be disbarred for saying. You can address a jury in a way that an attorney will be like sanctioned, mm. uh, getting given contempt of court for saying. And so watching Footloose do his thing is always interesting. It's always entertaining uh, because he gets loud. And the, the oh, yeah. and it's amazing how little the judges will do about it. It, it is, uh, you know, I, I I think you know it's interesting. I think this is because in part of how many activists have taken things to court in the past. I don't know. What do, I what don't are your thoughts? Think so? I because mean, because we're I, talking about courthouses where these judges have not seen a large number of libertarian activists. Certainly, that, they are bulk aware. Of those happened <laughs> in Keene. Yeah, uh, but. If something happened in Keene, I feel like a conquered judge would hear about it. I mean, word does get get around. I think it's more I mean, the fact that there are cameras in the in the building, and cameras, that makes a huge in, impact on and, how and these today, bureaucrats behave. There were a couple hundred people in the packed court. Not a couple too. hundred, but it was packed. I mean, okay. it was hundred people, maybe. It's one of the most packed courtrooms I've seen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was, it was definitely standing packed. room only. Yeah, definitely standing room only. I don't know how many dozens, but yeah, it was maxed out. It looked like at least like I don't know, sixty, seventy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do an actual count, but the, the, when I when I came into the hallway, I remember thinking, "Oh my God, there's a lot of people here." So that's yeah. great. I love it. I love seeing it when people actually come out to support activists at a trial. It's so sad when somebody goes on trial and it's like three people come out. Like, come yeah. on, we can do so much better. So, like to the conservative types. Um, Credit, they're doing a lot better than the libertarians as far as attending trials is. Uh, yeah, is I mean, we've been doing it for a lot of years, though. That's no excuse. I mean, we it, have well, more people here than ever before, so we, we do, should have more there's people. There's a lot trials. more conservatives than there are libertarians in New Hampshire. No, that's still. true. That's true. So I don't know. Um, I yeah, and uh, look, I, it's it's one of these things where it's like we do go to a lot of cases, like a lot of at least I do. You and I you do. do, and um, you know, so I, I get it. I, I mean, was in four courtrooms this week alone. I I, I, yeah. I think you were with me for most of it. I, I, I think so too. I was in three. I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I get it. Like people don't have time, right? And sure, but you would think. I, I agree. You would think that you know, at least amongst the larger population, you would have some people show up besides you know, know once in a while you know take a day off work and show up to a, a case at some point you know um, it's an interesting uh, affair for that's sure. funny that you say that because i was going to send out a reminder to our friends to request off work for november 1st now mm-hmm. well one thing i can say for sure is that i know for a fact that there's a lot of people who are planning to take off or just call out sick for the trial for crypto six when that happens that's so so yeah. uh, just to kind of wrap up the discussion about the New Hampshire 9 situation, again, more charges were brought. They also hit Footloose with a charge that was unrelated to the New Hampshire 9 arrests. He, after, like, I don't know, the next month, so sometime in November, he went to a hearing of the state representatives at the legislative office building, which was also highly attended. I don't even remember what the issue was that they were there for, but he was at some kind of hearing. He was in the hallway, so he wasn't even in the the hearing room. And of course, he's getting loud, like Frank gets but he loud. Get loud. He just is loud. Yeah, he, that's he's how he got a loud voice. Yeah, this he's is the loud. Way it. Yeah, and uh, and so the state police arrest him, and now he's been. They arrested him for quote unquote breach of bail at the time. Now they've added a disorderly conduct charge to that one. So did they get rid of the breach of bail? No, that one's still there. What? So he's now facing 
two disorderly charges for the New Hampshire Nine, one disorderly charge for being at the legislative office building, and a breach of bail because part of his bail conditions was that he wasn't supposed to be at the legislative office building. Oh, I didn't know. So that. they they yeah. actually restricted, which is to me illegal because mm. they were they basically told him you don't have a right to be heard yeah. by the legislature. Yeah, That's he wasn't nuts. even convicted. I, I mean, how can right. they even restrict you from a public hearing? That's what they did. Or you know anything of that nature, um, or protest for that matter. Um, but you know it's, it's not the first time they did it. Um, they they also did. Uh, who was it? There were two people that were prohibited from the governor's house at a certain point. He was one of them. I um, think. Um, they yeah, also prohibited yeah. nobody else's pretrial condition that he couldn't speak in public. Yeah, that, yeah. That was I mean, federal court, but yeah, there's certainly yeah. it's similar. Um, not quite. What? Yeah, I mean that's definitely not even what I was thinking of. But yeah, it's certainly very similar. So we'll keep you in the loop as this develops. Oh, it's also worth mentioning that afterwards. Uh, so as soon as the judge leaves the bench. You know, people are getting up there, getting ready to leave, and Footloose turns, and he says to one of the prosecutors, who was this, like, bearded guy who you think you'd see in, like, a biker video or, like, at a biker bar or something. Like, he doesn't, he didn't look like a prosecutor. When he walked in, I was surprised when he put a mask on and stood at the prosecutor's table. Uh, but he was a prosecutor. He was the DA, right? Maybe. I don't know who he was, actually. Maybe he's, I think he worked for the state police in the, in this case. Um he was so in a safety uh, what, department of safety. Department of safety vehicle. That doesn't surprise me. So, yeah, yeah he's probably actually um, one of their agents who moonlights said, as in a he, as a prosecutor. Yeah, he said. You know, I don't know about that because he said he wasn't. He he didn't. He it wasn't his job at least to arrest people. Like he didn't have that. Oh, so he is their legal guy. Um, so, yeah, it sounded like maybe not a police officer. Anyway, Footloose turns to him and says, how's that, is that, how's that mask work with that beard? Because, again, if you've got a beard on, the mask is doing next to nothing. I mean, the, already the masks are ineffective, but if you've well, got a... He wasn't wearing it outside. He sure, took it he off. walked in the courtroom right. and put it on. Right. <laughs> uh, he was clearly doing it for the judge yes. who was a masked judge. Yes. And, and not every judge is masked in New Hampshire. So this judge wears a mask. This guy was totally... And, and Footloose called him out. He said, oh, well, you're signaling. Because the yeah. guy admitted, oh, yeah. he admitted to Footloose that it's uncomfortable and he, he didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He says, oh, well, you're signaling. And he goes, he just starts going off yeah. on this guy. Yeah, I saw Joe showed me a little clip of it. He was saying, oh, you're touching everything. Where's your hand sanitizer? <laughs> yeah. These prosecutors and lawyers, they know. They know how to send the message, right? Mm-hmm. In order to, you know, uh, 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 what is it? Favor, get favor with the judge. Sure. Curry yeah. favor. Uh, yeah. Curry, yeah, yeah. Curry favor with the judge. Um, and that's what they're doing. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's the game it's a game it literally is a game and i don't think people it's court I, people really don't understand who, who aren't watching this just how much of a game it really is yeah it's but it's a game with your life in the it balance is. and it's pretty sick but for them you know it's not they're not, they're not risking anything it's 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 they're playing games oh, yeah, they with are. other they just, people's lives they just don't know what they're risking because they're breaking you mean natural, like being hung or something by, no, by the no. people they're breaking natural law and one day karma will get them mm. they just don't yeah, see it sounds the like initial that sounds effects. like a, a mob kind of hanging the politicians or hanging the that's what, I mean. that's what she's saying not yeah. talking about violence karma no I, i'm different. not saying you're suggesting violence but that karma would be something along those lines because not getting, always getting ju- well justice not necessarily through your karma own can actions, come but, in different ways yeah okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> but uh anyway so then the he moves out into the hallway and everybody's out in the hallway yeah. and this prosecutor comes out there and I was getting ready to leave. And then I heard commotion and Footloose is going at it with this guy again. So uh, there's more footage of, of that where he and this this prosecutor, prosecutor is just standing there and just kind of smirking and and <laughs> trying to be s- snappy back to Footloose. And he's just failing miserably oh, wow. at it. 
and uh, Footloose calls him an effing tyrant, and it's just. Yeah. And he called him a retard, and I couldn't yeah. stop laughing. Uh, at that. I, I was I was cringing at that one, but uh, yeah, the other ones I were laughed. good. I thought it was funny. Yeah. All right, so uh, hour number two is coming up here. We'll get into what's going on with the uh, the newspaper business. We haven't talked about how those have been failing in a while. We got into it a little bit, I think, when COVID got started. Uh, they were already having a tough time prior to COVID, and things got much worse for them then. Uh, we can get into whatever's on your mind as well at 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program here with you tonight. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. Phones are open. If you want to join us, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, 603-283-6160. So far, we've talked about our our, uh, court visits today that Chris, you and I... Uh, participated in in Concord, New Hampshire, watching uh, over some activists in court. Uh, there's not much more to say about that, but if you want to comment on whatever's on your mind, you can here. It's 603-283-6160 uh, as we get into a story about old media. And we're part of old media, right? Like, we kind of have our foot in two different fields. Bonnie, for instance, is kind of like old. the new media Definitely not old. Uh, You're kind of like the new media side of the show. You just opened up a TikTok account recently for Free Talk Live. Okay, wait a minute. You guys got to explain. What is TikTok? It's a short form video. Are you just asking that for the purpose of having us explain it, or have you really never heard of TikTok? I I, I actually don't know what it is, but I've heard heard of it. it. Okay, you've heard of it. Yeah. It's a short form video sharing platform. So it's like, you know how Instagram is all pictures? TikTok is all videos. Okay. Okay. It's for people gotcha. with an attention span uh, issue because they can't watch something that's longer than like 10 or 15 seconds. It's basically. for young people. Yeah. Yes. I mean, these are all things I, I won't use. So, sure. so I, you know, I don't in think my defense. A TikTok for, uh, you know, the, the kind yeah. of phones that you would use anyway. It probably requires Google Play services. Is it, or is it like whatever. an Is it an actual app or is it like a website? It's an app. It's both. I don't know if it's a website. There's it must a website. Be. Yeah. You can okay. actually go to the website. You can pull up any channel. And watch I, say, I think a lot of these, a lot of this stuff, like there are apps, but it's not necessarily that you have an app. Kind of like Facebook. There's a Facebook app. But yeah, you know, I suspect the Facebook. bulk of their users apps. are on the app. But to their credit, yeah. unlike Instagram, where you cannot go on their website and just use Instagram, you mm. have to use their app, Okay, uh, if I recall correctly. Or is there a web version? Anyway, what I mean is with Instagram, 
you have to log in. I think there is a website, but you have to log in to do anything with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like Facebook. With TikTok, you can just go to a channel and you can watch anybody's video without having to log in, which and is also, nice. And also, it's really easy to just share a video. Like, I can just send something to my sister on text instead of in the app, mm-hmm. and it, she can watch it without having an account or anything. But on the downside, oh, by the way, it's the number one website. So it actually wait, what? It, it it beat Google recently, like within the last year, it topped Google. Wait, what are we talking about? We're talking about TikTok. TikTok? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Yeah. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a Chinese app, isn't it? That was the other yeah. thing. Yes, it's a Chinese government-run <laughs> oh, app. Because uh, well, I mean, it's not technically the government, but it pretty much it's is. the government. <laughs> That's the way things work over there. So it really is. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we've got a, you know, we're kind of in both fields, right? We're, we're on the broadcast radio with over 190 great AM and FM radio stations that air this show at various different times throughout the week. So thank you to all the wonderful radio stations we have out there and all the, the people that listen to us on those stations. And we're uh, a podcast. We have a podcast. We've actually had archives that you can download. That's uh, new media, right? It's not even that new anymore. Podcasts no. <laughs> came out in 2005. Technically, uh, they go back farther than that. They just weren't called podcasts. Well, the RSS feed didn't come out, I don't think, until around then. I, I don't know when it was invented, but it didn't well, start being podcasts, used. Podcasts, uh, I, 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 hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, but probably Podcasts still... came from iPod, though, and I think the RSS stuff came before iPod. So Yeah, I don't know. I remember that we discovered RSS around 2005, and that was sort it of may have the been start of podcasts. Of around, because of the podcast or the iPod, because that was what was becoming popular. But yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, because, because before that, there was like MP3 players, but... Right, MP3s have been around wasn't... for years prior to that. So we actually, when we started doing Free Talk Live in 2002... We're about to hit 20 years, by the way, of, of Free Talk Live. What month? Uh, November. Hmm. So uh, in 2000, actually, it's like right around the, the date of the trial. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, that uh, when uh, we started, we started putting up MP3s from day one. So we've always had that internet component right. delivery of uh, MP3s for Free Talk Live. And, uh, and, it, and it's kind of tough straddling both worlds because... While we are a radio show, first and foremost, we're for formatted for radio. We have hours mm. that we do, and there's commercial breaks, and and it's hard because like the internet audience, they hate commercials, right? Like you can't. Yeah. <laughs> they're constantly <laughs> complaining about uh, the commercials, and I think that's something that that holds us back to some it, extent from from being bigger. It, on it the does, internet. you know. I mean, I do I do an actual podcast, right? More you do a video show, yeah. which also has um, a podcast. Yeah. So, and it's interesting. It's it is very different. It's like mm-hmm. like there's not like okay. So if you start a few minutes late, no big deal. If you yeah. you know if you end a few minutes early, no big deal. If you if you go an extra hour, not no that big, big of a deal, yeah. right? Um. But with like like with radio, it's like oh, you got to stop at, uh, on this mark, and you know, and yeah. if you don't, well, it just you know it goes on without you anyway because the ads just kind of come up. Radio, yeah. of course, been around for over a hundred years now. As far as there's some radio stations that have actually been around for that long, so it's definitely an old media thing. Um, but it's not the oldest of media, and newspapers, of course, take that uh, that award. Newspapers are also the old media that's having the most difficulty surviving in the new media environment. And Chris, you're almost to age 40, not quite, I think, right? Yep. Um, I'm in my early 40s. Bonnie, you're in your mid-20s. Have you ever read a newspaper before? <laughs> At the Moose Mart. <laughs> <laughs> but like, as you were growing up, did you ever encounter, did your parents read papers? Did you? 
We never your had a newspaper. Didn't? Really? No. Okay. They had the news on the TV. They're in their 50s, so her parents are, you know, Gen X, and they weren't reading newspapers you know, in the last They're in their early years. 50s. They're not, like, really old. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting is, I, I remember, like, I mean, my parents got a newspaper, right? I mean, everybody, you know, during my generation. My parents got one, too. Yeah, right? It wasn't until I was, like, an adult that nobody was getting newspapers. <laughs> but my parents are in their early 70s. Yeah, same yeah, here. Yeah. Um, so, but you know what's interesting is I always thought you know there is like there's I mean, these papers. Uh, people today don't understand what a newspaper is because like they think it's like a pamphlet, right? Because mm-hmm. they're so small, they're getting but, way thinner. Yeah. Right. Also, the Keen Sentinel can't have that much to say well, about Keen on a weekend. Uh, uh, here's the problem, though. Like mm-hmm. I, I came from a county where you know the paper was this thick, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's no thicker than the Keen Sentinel. It's mm-hmm. and it's I mean we're talking about like You're a talking handful about the Sunday of, edition. Yeah, the Sunday okay. edition, the okay. Sunday, obviously, because it, it yeah, wasn't all the ads, yeah. stuff in there. Um, but yeah, but like nowadays, it's like it's it's it's, pa- it's, pathetic it's so now. thin. It's a couple yeah. of pages. It's like this is this is what you would call uh, like a newsletter, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, so Bonnie, you have basically no experience with newspapers. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And so <laughs> that's one of the reasons why they're dying, because yeah. young people cannot relate to them. They have no experience with them. And the I, fact is... it's Why would you read something on the newspaper where you have to figure out how to unfold it and find the, the next part? <laughs> I mean, you could just read the news on your phone. Indeed. You know, you know what they don't seem and to have? And it's yesterday's news it, as well. And you know, it's interesting because newspapers, they... And maybe this exists on, like, the internet too, but... It's it's something that I always remember. There's there was different sections in the newspaper, uh, for like things like like uh, word games and like comics, comics and and those are things that like I don't, I I mean we have memes now, but yep. like it's not quite the same thing. Sure. Um, and it's not like the newspaper. Well, comics right? still exist. They're just online. You know, they, sure. They've, they've continued. Sure, I'm sure they exist, but it it's not like part of a single medium i don't think or am i wrong am i just what do you mean by that like they're not all in one place that yeah kind like, of thing? i mean usually when i'm reading news news articles right i'm mm-hmm. just reading the article i'm not going to the news site and like going through it you're do- not looking at the rest of the right the right uh, right and i maybe have you guys looked at an actual newspaper website is that are there still like Comics you're asking if there's a comic section? section of yeah, like, that's oh, an interesting question. I've never noticed. Well, this is what I'm <laughs> yeah. wondering, right? I like, never went to a newspaper website. No. And there were some other things back in the day, um, like TV listings. You'd always get the, the TV, TV guide, guide mm-hmm. either in the newspaper yeah. or Bonnie's it looking was part at me of the like, newspaper what? for that week. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was this thing where it would like tell you like what channel <laughs> was like, on uh, the show, like yeah. the show, and it will tell you what channel it would be on. Yeah. yeah like I a know what a yeah it was TV guide is, but it's been on my like remote control since i was a kid wow <laughs> yeah like yeah. press menu so before before tv guide was a thing yeah you'd look in the newspaper you'd to find out a week wow. you get yep. it once a week uh, it would tell you the upcoming yep it'd tell you the upcoming shows for that week there'd be yep. like an article about the some yeah. television show yeah. uh the number 603-283-6160 they actually s- sold them in stores too so there was like the one you'd get in the newspaper and then there was an actual like different brand that you could buy in the in like a grocery store at, at checkout. There was a, a physical TV guide. Oh yeah, I right, right. Those. Yeah. yeah, they may still have them. I don't know. I doubt uh, it. The number <laughs> not for long, probably 603-283-6160. We'll talk about the dying business of newspapers. What's happening now? It's Free Talk Live.
It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. If you're not so stuck in your ways and you're willing to consider new ideas, you should learn about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Get over to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page. There's no age limit on Bitcoin. You can be as old or as young as as long as you can read and and understand ideas. <laughs> uh, go click Get Started at the top of the page over at Bitcoin.com. They got some easy to watch videos there. The first one's all three minutes long. So if you're time sensitive, uh, you can go and get a little bit of information, learn some of the basics about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Over at Bitcoin.com, just click Get Started at the top. Now, if you're into crypto already and you want to get the latest news headlines, they got that for you, too. Just head over and go to news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. We were going to talk about newspapers and how they're cutting back on uh, even more of their printings. And I do want to get into that. But since we ended up talking about like old media, new media, somehow we got off on a TV guide. <laughs> and I think it was part of we were talking about newspapers and what they included. Yeah. And it made me think of the magazine, the actual physical thing that you would see at like a grocery store checkout line back in the day. And it made me wonder, well, how's that doing? Because magazines are also hurting big time as far as print the print industry in general is hurting books obviously are competing now with with ebooks uh, tv guide these magazines a lot of them have completely gone out of business tv guide apparently is not out of business at this point however really yep according to uh, wikipedia is still in business they well uh, there's still somebody out there that wants to get uh they physical thing they can hold in their hands to tell them what's on the the, the old telly I, I don't i can't even comprehend like like where like who is who is acquired where do you even acquire something like that nowadays uh, i presume at a uh, at a grocery, grocery store, store or a magazine I it, bet, like, you know where i was thinking i probably have seen them on military bases probably true. i wonder Veterans. i wonder if they don't really exist outside of PX. a licensing model now because they license the data to cable channels or or cable tv companies or something like that because i i can't imagine that they're making it off the actual like physical print guide hmm well uh they were losing a lot of money apparently according to the wikipedia article here october of 2008 macrovision the owner at the time sold the money losing magazine which was posting revenue losses of 20 million dollars per year uh, at that point to another company called OpenGate Capital for $1 and a $9.5 million loan at interest. As part of the sale, though, Macrovision retained ownership of the companion website, which they then sold that off for $300 million. Hmm. So the website was worth a lot more yeah. uh, than the actual uh, magazine. And uh, and so then it goes on. But basically, according to an article that was written in 2015, Looks like they have sold this thing. This thing has changed hands three times in eight years. So <laughs> one company buys it, another company buys it, and then another company buys it. And they're still around. The uh, last number I saw, which might have been an article from 2015, so it's obviously a little dated as far as its numbers, they had 1.8 million actual subscribers. So apparently and they're mailing these things to people Wow. Um, yeah, and you know, it's even more amazing because cable TV is dead, right? I mean, who has cable TV nowadays? Old people. 
Yeah, I know that's it. Right, like, that's and they're why, dying off. Yeah, so that's why Fox <laughs> News and CNN and uh, MSNBC's audiences are shrinking because literally yeah. their audiences are dying off. I, the only people I know with cable television are like over seventy at this point. Yep. So uh, that's your update on TV Guide. If you're still a subscriber, <laughs> you're welcome to give us a call. Uh, I would love to call. I would love somebody to call in and tell us that they still subscribe mm-hmm. to TV Guide and get like <laughs> something in the mail. Oh, can I mention what we were talking about on the break about Neopets? Sure. I said something. What is well, Neopets? Define it first. www.neopets.com is a website. Is a website, and it was it has games on it, but it's not just games. It's not just you play to feed your pets. You can do all kinds of stuff. Like you can buy things, and you can have auctions, and have your own shop. You can join guilds. Well, you could back you when could Flash existed. Right? When Flash existed, yeah. and now a lot of the site is down because they're converting it to HTML5. But I mentioned something about Neopets because well, Chris was talking about dial-ups, and I said I did have a dial-up in my house, dial-up modem or whatever in my house. Oh wow! Uh, but it was only when I was like seven years old, and I'd be trying to play Neopets. My mom <laughs> would be on the phone with my grandma, and I'd be so annoyed because I couldn't get on the internet. Um, and Chris said that he helped his younger brother, who was into Neopets, create a cheat site website. Well, hold on. To be clear, I never recall it being a cheat site, but I certainly, I think you're probably right. It probably would be, I guess, classified as a cheat site. Oh, but that's what I would call it. it yeah. And it, I think that I might have frequented well, a website that Chris did the <laughs> coding to as wow, a kid. Oh, nice. Yeah. Small yeah. world. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> it's, it, there's actually a good possibility of it. The site was actually pretty popular for hmm. a while, for a long time. And then um, there were some competitors, though. Yeah, um, there so, was several. There, Sunny yeah. Neo is the one I can think of, but you said that doesn't ring a bell. But there was lots of it different ones that I go ring on. A bell, but I don't even remember the name of the website. So, so to be clear, I wrote some back end code for this site. I didn't do any of the front end stuff. Hmm. So I don't really. And I, you know, it was like like over like a sh- couple of weeks out in one summer or something like that. So. It'd be so cool, though. So, I actually didn't even know how the game worked when I wrote the codes. So mm. that's that's how little I, I know. But I remember Neopets. Like, that was it. Yeah. yeah. So I do have an updated uh, subscriber count for the TV Guide. Remember, it was 1.8 million in yep. 2015. As of 2020, it was 1.1. 1. 1 so <laughs> yeah, they're dying off. <laughs> that's a business that is not likely going to oh, I, survive. I bet you COVID, too, shrunk that number Oh, by the way, they're also no longer a weekly publication. They're bi-weekly now, so okay. they don't get to get it. So they've cut their printing, which is what I want to talk about with the uh, the newspapers. They started cutting print runs of newspapers, started cutting out days. I don't know. Within the last decade, it started happening at, at major newspapers. Of course, many newspapers have gone under completely. They're just out of business. They're never coming back. Uh, story here from, let's see, looks like uh, MSN, Microsoft News, when she was a child, Sandy Auburn's father read the comics to her. Eventually, she learned to read them to him. As an adult, she developed another newsprint ritual with her husband, swapping sections of her local Ohio newspaper back and forth with him over breakfast. She especially enjoyed a recent series on black-owned businesses in town. But now the local paper is throwing a wrench into her rhythms. After more than 100 years of publication, Ohio's Akron Beacon Journal has stopped printing on Mondays when it instead offers readers a digital version of the newspaper. So they still have news. They're still coming up with stories. They're still publishing them. They're just only making them available online on Mondays. And maybe they'll print some of them the next day. So do they have a daily newspaper and now it's every day except Monday? That's right. Hmm. So it's no longer daily. Yeah, this is this is a weird one. Usually, I I'm like I'm always like send to hear like 
stuff like especially stuff that's been around for a long time like pots lines mm-hmm. <laughs> plain old telephone lines yeah. um you know go going away, away right that's another thing that's going yeah. away right um but i don't know like i, I don't necessarily know I, I have a strong attachment to to newspapers no, like of just course you don't. newspapers i don't um, have a strong attachment to telephone lines they're ugly in the in the sky i'd rather well, them be buried okay so this might be because i understand why te- uh telephone like plain old telephone lines are actually have value and it's because they don't like when you lose power you don't still lose, run right they still work mm-hmm. so and your That's cell phone doesn't slight amount of power over the line fiber it doesn't do the same thing no not oh. necessarily because i mean it has to be better it only lasts as long as the battery works basically battery backup so we got more coming up here about old things going away specifically in this case <laughs> newspapers they're on the way out uh if you want to weigh in on it though the number is 603-283-6160 it's free talk live insight daily radio conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators author humorist and radio personality garrison keeler has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s. With more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program, and he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. I had a big urge to get away. My 8th grade English teacher, Frayne Anderson handed me a copy of the New Yorker magazine with a story by John Cheever and a piece by A.J. Liebling. I worshipped this magazine. I read it over and over and over again. And I read the car- I saw the, enjoyed the cartoons, of course, but I loved the writing. And that became my ambition through my teens and into my 20s, and radio was simply a way to earn a living. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold. This is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the newspaper business, the print business in general. We covered uh, magazines a little bit, but uh, the newspaper business cutting back on their printing schedules. This has actually been going on for some time. But, of course, it's as time goes on, it's harder and harder to uh, exist in that business still. So one of the ways that you can cut costs is by cutting out print runs. And so the Akron, Ohio Beacon Journal has now stopped printing on Mondays. Our local newspaper here in Keene, New Hampshire, which is, I believe, the oldest in the state. Uh, it's a very, very old paper. It was started How is in it the s- oldest in the state? Keen Sentinel. I mean, Keen was not founded before the rest of the state. That's that's for sure. Obviously, the coastal areas yeah. were founded sooner, but I believe it is the oldest in the state, if wow. I recall correctly. It's only twenty thousand um, people. You think you think Manchester or Nashua or it was founded in the late seventeen hundreds or something would have so, a longer running newspaper. It's been around for a long time, hmm. um, and uh, they cut back. Apparently, I didn't know about this because I don't read the Keen Sentinel. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But uh, Bonnie is uh, she works at the Mighty Moose Mart here in town, and they have the physical 
newspaper on the front counter. There's usually only like two copies because I suspect they don't sell very many of them. Um, but I noticed uh, when I was in there the other day, it said weekend edition on it. I thought, oh, they don't have two. They don't have a Saturday and Sunday edition separately anymore. Oh. They have a quote unquote weekend edition now. Interesting. So, and this is after in like 2007, I think they raised the price from 25 cents to 75 cents for the daily paper, and then they jacked up the Sunday rate to like a buck fifty or something like that. And they made the pages smaller. They too, made right? the pages. Uh, the width of the pages came down, so mm. they didn't fit in the newspaper boxes correctly anymore. <laughs> they had to like buy these bars on the, like these to cover up the sides basically cover-ups mm. essentially to make it look like it fit and they also cut down the number of pages as well so the paper is physically thinner and again it's been years since they did a lot of this stuff but i think they recently got rid of the uh the uh saturday and sunday separate saturday editions. sunday separates yeah so let's go uh, to your calls and thoughts here we're talking about uh, the decline of the print business specifically newspapers olivia you're on free talk live listening in arizona Olivia? Oh, sorry, I had you muted. Go ahead. Hey, so, yeah, newspapers are near and dear to my heart. I think it goes back to, like, arts and crafts in school when you cut up the newspapers and make paper mache. I was always the kid, like, reading them and, and cutting out <laughs> articles and, ah. and reading the comics. Um, can you say, like, I, you don't, I know you're a lady, you don't have to say how old you are, but can you say, like, generally, like, in how how old you might be? <laughs> I was born in 1990, so I'm 31. Okay. I'm a cancer. So you're actually fairly <laughs> young for somebody that has a memory, a fond memory of newspapers. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm kind of one of those those people who kind of gravitates towards older things, I think. Hmm. Were your parents newspaper subscribers? Did you get one every morning at the the house where you were growing up? Um, actually, I lived in a small town where they gave, they, there was like a free shopper paper that mm-hmm. was like a free local paper that they gave you every Wednesday, which was pretty cool. It, it just like local articles. And I remember like sometimes on Sundays, my, my mom would go buy a newspaper and I would, I would read and there was always stuff that like you wouldn't know any other way. So like when they discover a new species, there was a thing and I had, I'd clip it out and like stick it in this big book of animals that mm-hmm. I had as a kid. And I don't know. I would just turn my my. I got, actually, I read about this in Steal Like an Artist by Austin Cleon. I'm not the only person who did this, but like I'd turn my books into time capsules. I'd clip out articles related to a subject of a book I'd have, and I'd just stick it in there like a bookmark. And hmm. um, there's people who who use them for art things. You know, they'll circle words and black out everything else and make a blackout poem. Um, I just read the newspaper actually a few days ago and. That was, the only that was going to be my next question, was to see how long it had been since you'd actually picked up a newspaper. So just a few days. Yeah, well, actually, I got one today. I haven't I haven't read it yet. But, uh, yeah, wow. um, I found out that they're going to discontinue the penny. That's the only place that I've really seen that. And what? then they covered uh, some homeless. Some Hold homeless. on a second. Oh, you didn't hear about that? No. They're discontinuing the penny? Is that, a, is that for real? I, that's what it said. I, you'd have to look it up. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that's something that's actually a long time coming as far as it no, It makes no sense to have the penny because it costs more than it actually is worth. <laughs> well, it's the advertising is where the money is. Well, you're uh, right, you Olivia. Hold, that hold, hold on. What? 
It, well, with newspapers, uh, advertising is where they really made their money. It wasn't the cost of the newspaper. No, 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 no. She just said the they're going to discontinue the penny. She says she saw it in the newspaper oh, that they're oh, going oh. to discontinue. I, I thought the penny was the name of a... You uh, thought it was the paper. Paper. Um, <laughs> yeah. You mean the actual physical penny, like, change, right? That's what you're talking about, Olivia? Right. Yeah, I thought there was. Whoa. I thought there was like, uh, like a type of newspaper or something, or the name of a newspaper called the penny or something like that. I, I'm probably wrong, or it's like some UK paper or something. But wow, I'm shocked that we actually missed that news. That's very interesting. We'll we'll talk about that uh, coming up here in in a few well, moments. One thing she's right about about uh, newspapers is that there's a lot of local stuff that I would. I feel like I'd never hear about if I didn't see it at the paper at where I work. Like she was about to say something about like homeless stuff in inner town. And I, mm-hmm. I was actually seeing something about that on Keen today. They're going to build a homeless, homeless shelter where Wheelock Park is. Wait, what? Yeah, I didn't wow. read the whole thing. All right, Olivia, anything else you want to share about your uh, newspaper fondness? Um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, since I like older things. I'd always watch like 1970s shows like Cole Shack and Night Soccer and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. there was always this mystique about about being a newspaper reporter and being on the beat. And I, maybe part of my love for newspapers is that, too, like that's a job that someone gets to go interview people and, and sit down and write. And it, it just feels like such an intimate kind of medium to me. Thanks for sharing. Sat down and, yeah. yeah, thanks for sharing uh, that thought with us here tonight. Definitely appreciate your experience. It's interesting to talk to somebody so young, yeah. uh, younger than you and I, Chris, a little older than you, Bonnie, that uh, that still buys newspapers. That's uh, shocking. And it's kind of interesting, too, just because, like, you know, uh, it, it's more like makeup stories these days. Makeup stories? <laughs> yeah, like, it used to be, like, there was some, like, tangent of, like, oh, they'll reach out to somebody for, like, a quote or whatever. Now they just make the oh, stuff up. Oh, you're saying they're it's, not doing good journalism. Yeah, now. the journalism yeah. quality is just really degraded. It's tanked. Yeah. And, of course, a lot of papers are leaning heavily on the AP and, oh, and yeah. syndicated uh, sources. Yep, they're yep. Just sort of reprinting syndicated stuff, maybe not doing so much local reporting. Uh, although, to the Sentinel's credit, they are still doing local reporting. I remember going in there several, they are. several years ago, and, and it's been some time since I've been in there, but I was I remember thinking, I think it was like 2015 when I went in there to be uh, interviewed for some, I was running for office at the time, mm. and I remember being shocked at how bustling their newsroom was. I was like, still? wait, how can this be? It's 2015. 2015. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and the other thing that happened with the Sentinel, I actually wrote a story about it years ago, and it'd be interesting to do an update on it now. Because all papers publish their circulation numbers, right? Like, that's a oh, thing. yeah. That's something they want you to know if you're an advertiser, right? Because right? it's the number one question that an advertiser is going to ask is, what's your circulation? How many subscribers do you have? How many print copies do you sell in the boxes every day or at local stores mm. or whatever? What's your, quote-unquote, pass-around rate? And that one's a little harder. I imagine harder to determine. Um, pass-around rate is where somebody buys a paper and then they hand it to somebody mm. when they're done reading it. So there's... That counts for an extra set of eyeballs. Uh, but they can definitely tell you how many subscribers they how have. How they get that number? I have no idea. That's mm. a great great question. Maybe a survey mm. of subscribers. Mm. Uh, but the, the subscriber numbers have fallen off a cliff. And this was as of, again, like 2013 was yeah. when I wrote this article. I mean, it was down from pretty healthy in the 90s to just like 7,000 you know, or something. You know what's interesting, though, is it's it, – I, I, and I don't know if this is – I don't know if you guys think this is true or not or feel like it's like, like a truth – but I still see a lot of local stuff. It's just online. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. The number is 603-283-6160. So a little bit more here. They, again, the Auburn, or sorry, Akron Beacon Journal now not printing on Mondays. 
She says, your first thought, as our aunt would have said, oh, good grief, said the reader. It's a change, and for some of us, the paper has been part of our lives. For two more, more than two decades, industry sages have been predicting the death of the printed newspaper, and now a growing number of local publishers are cutting back on print editions, pointing to rising costs and arguing consumers will prefer the immediacy and convenience of online news. We'll tell you more about it on the way here. The number is 603-283-6160. Are you still a newspaper subscriber? This is Free Talk Live. All right, it's Free Talk Live. Talking about old media, specifically print media, the situation with newspapers trying desperately to survive in a new media environment where as bonnie puts it why in the world would you want to try to open a piece of paper unfold it figure out where the article (laughs) continues just to read a thing that you could just pull up online was so annoying back in the day when you have to like you start reading a blurb and then you have to like like go to another page and section yep. like ah oh, yeah you flip through pages and that's eventually get you to it. look at advertising yeah yeah it is i think the only yeah. real reason somebody could have for preferring that is nostalgia and i'm not saying oh that's a terrible reason and i want to burn all newspapers like mm-hmm. if you want that i hope that there's an option for for you where you live but i also don't care if they all die yeah, I, I mostly just, you know, the, the the reporting is so bad. It's like I really have no sympathy. I have no uh, – it, it's just like it's one of these things where it's like I, I how do I support something when they're always like they're always pro-government. They're always yeah. misleading people. Yeah, why would you want to pay for so that? It's so manipulative. Right. right like, yeah. like I don't <laughs> want to support this. Yeah, if there was like a libertarian newspaper just for the Free State Project, that would be really like, cool. And, and I might be into that. And the funny thing is – I, I actually have like contributed to financially to like certain um, uh, like media type outlets, but not like traditional newspapers. It's mm-hmm. more like, yeah. you know, covering certain topics or something like that or certain industries or whatever. Right. There actually have been uh, free state or run newspapers here in Keene, as a matter of fact, over the years. Uh, there used to be yeah. what was fun. called the uh keen free press and there was the new hampshire free press both of those were run by russell russell canning and what happened to them well russell left uh well, so he's back now i think he's coming back yes. was he doing it just from his house um i think they were printing with some professional printer i don't remember who was doing their print jobs but i i remember daryl's uh daryl also Daryl had, had one i yep. remember he i think he had a, if i recall i'm pretty sure fpp news I yeah i'm pretty sure he had like a crypto thing like in the newspaper where you could donate to it yep i think he did yeah, yeah that's I, cool yeah i donated all the time to that. and so those <laughs> all existed that. in Keene. i've never heard of another free state or newspaper outside of Keene. so Keene's kind of like the the hot spot for for liberty media but, i think right now that could be big like hmm. every time there was a free state or thing passed in the house they could get a story well the problem of course with uh, and, and people did take them there's there's no doubt about that uh the the problem with doing a newspaper and i think one of the reasons why daryl ended up stopping was because first of all you really can't make money uh at it it's not an easy thing to do it's an activism project right yeah definitely and then as far as activism is concerned you gotta it takes a lot of time 
the actual physical act of going out to your locations that you've managed. So you have to secure locations in which you can put the paper. Yeah. Right? So you have to talk to business owners and see if they'll let you put the paper in their shop or if you can put a machine outside or, or whatever. And he actually did have like a, um, like a paper dispenser machine thing, whatever you want to call it. He you did. Didn't, you didn't pay for it. It was just like an, you just opened it and free papers. Um, he oh, had, I, I think, a couple that. of those. Uh, in downtown Keene. One of them I, was over um, across from Corner News. The one I always saw was the one at Local Burger. Because they, that was the one. Yeah. There was, he, there was one there. There was, there was a machine? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if it's, machine's the right word. The box that you open the door to and, and I don't it's not know really the, a machine. I don't know the box that you're talking about. I've never seen you the box. You might not have been here when Daryl yeah. was doing I've the paper. I've seen those in general. Well, no, no, no. I was here when he was doing the paper. I just don't oh. remember, ever remember there being a box. There's more than one. He had a couple of Okay. Um, but you know, one of the other problems is if you've got a group of haters in town, then they might just come and take <laughs> all them. of your newspapers yeah. out of the box. And then, yeah. yeah. So there's that. Um, and it's just, it's time consuming, right? You've got to physically go yeah. and drop those things off every week or whatever. Yeah. And- just doing nobody's newsletter was taking a lot out of me. Right. And you yeah. were mailing, you were mailing that to people. So yeah. But he, he has stopped. Uh, I think he's not going to, maybe he'll pick up again one day. Maybe when. The, his trial's over, but it's just that there's a lot going on in his yeah. life. So. It, it, it really is a lot of work to write and then to then also get it printed and then to also put it out there. Yeah. In order to make it worthwhile, you've actually got to have numbers, right? And, yeah. and unfortunately, building it up to a point where you have numbers That's is hard. hard, especially when people are not going to a physical media source right. anymore. They're they going don't online. value it. Yeah. yeah so it, it just makes sense more to do a website of some kind and then, you know. Yeah, like the Liberty Block is like the online newspaper for the libertarians. He does a great job over there. Yeah, he does. Freekeen.com's been around since uh, 2006, and uh, we are generally considered a news source in the Keene area. Honestly, it's one of the better ones, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, so, But it is obviously opinionated news. Oh, anyway, absolutely. But, it's, uh, but you know the thing I like about it is, more often than not, you'll get cite it you'll there will be citations for like where you're getting your information from mm-hmm. as opposed to your average newspaper it's just it's literally they'll they'll just take whatever the government says and and then they won't get the other side or they'll get like one little quote and they'll manipulate it into you sounding terrible or whatever so in other news about newspapers uh, gannett the largest newspaper chain in the country last month minute eliminated one day of print per week at its 136 at 136 of its newspapers including the beacon journal Another 50 papers will make the change by June, with most losing Saturday print editions. Subscribers can download digital copies of the print paper or e-editions on those days. That's interesting. So they're actually still making, they're still doing the work to do a layout of that paper. They're just not printing it. So you can download a PDF version of it. Why would you do that? You know, I would think I would think you'd have it just in a website format, like like a format that actually works for computers. I think well, it's an e-reader, so it might be look better than just a PDF of what the newspaper looks like. Yeah, maybe for people that have the, okay. the tablets or whatever, they want to look at that. Maybe it's, it's a transition thing for older folks that are trying to get online. I think is, maybe is why they're doing it that way, just for people that want to sort of see it in the old format. Mm. Uh, executives insist readers will get the same quality of journalism. Gannett's senior vice president of local news, Emily Nash, said there are particular pressures on print publications including significant print costs inflation and a shortage of drivers that has left one out of 10 delivery routes unstaffed so they just don't have the people and the costs are going up dramatically in fact they're going to get into the numbers here it's kind of interesting 
Uh, she says our focus is always on trying to keep as many resources as possible in our newsrooms. And so looking at the part of the business where we're seeing declines, we have to mitigate for that and make sure that we're doing the right strategic moves for the future of the business. Our business is journalism, and that's at the core of what we do. But the Gannett papers are not the first to go in this direction. The plain, uh, plain dealer in Cleveland scaled back to three days of home delivery years ago. McClatchy, which owns 30 newspapers in uh, the United States, announced in 2019 they would be cutting Saturday out. Citing the pandemic, Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Times reduced their printing to just twice a week. I mean, that barely exists as a uh, as a print publication. Wait, twice a week? Twice a week from a daily, wow. seven-day-a-week publication. Tampa Bay Times, that's the paper of record in Tampa, Florida. Really? To twice a week. Uh, some newspapers have eliminated daily print editions, including Arkansas and Tennessee papers that embarked on an iPad giveaway experiment to help print subscribers transition. <laughs> the newspaper is cutting back on print and training readers to use iPads instead. Will it work? And now inflation and supply chain issues are driving supply costs through the roof. In an earnings call last month, the publisher and president of the Dallas Morning News, which still prints daily, said the company's newsprint costs had soared to about 720 per metric ton, up from just $520 per metric ton just two years ago. So you're talking about a nearly 50% increase in print costs hmm. to get their paper out the door let alone the gas that their delivery drivers yeah. are going to have to spend. Are they delivering by car nowadays? How else would they do it? Bike? Kids? Well, <laughs> I mean, isn't that how newspapers were delivered? The Keen Sentinel, just these two, I don't know how how old, but they're not kids, adult people, drive up to the Moose Mart, yep. and the lady comes in and takes our ones that didn't sell the old and ones. gives us the new ones. How many uh, sell per day? Do you, I mean, you're never there for a, a full day, so you probably don't know, but I wonder how many y'all, y'all sell per day. I've probably sold... One ever, ever. I, I was, remember selling I, I one to Aria. I have to, to ask, Aria. was that me? <laughs> no, I, I remember recently selling one to Aria, and it was because she wanted to paint in her house, not because she wanted. She to wanted to put it down. <laughs> oh wow! Newspaper. I, I have to say, I've bought newspapers in the past year and a half, mm-hmm. but it was most, mostly because of the crypto six stories I've published. Yeah, every now and then. It's yeah, you want to have a you want to have a copy of some of these some of this stuff. See where they actually put the thing. Yeah, or put the story. Is it on the front page or above the fold? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Oh, and I was actually looking online uh and apparently i i was talking about how i did a story on the keen sentinel almost a decade ago right, and right. how its subscription rates had fallen off a cliff in you know from it's basically the 90s Wait, to you the mean aughts. you did a story on freekeen.com yes, at freekeen.com about the keen sentinel the local newspaper and how they just they they literally had half in two, uh, 2013 half of the subscribers as they did in the the late 90s and in that article i mentioned that they'd raised their rates on the daily edition to 75 cents and a buck fifty for the Sunday, and now apparently it's two dollars for and the daily three dollars for the weekend. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the number here is six zero three, and again the paper's thinner than ever. Yeah, <laughs> there's less content than uh, than ever. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. I mean the writing is clearly on the wall. I, I don't know how many more years these guys have left. The newspapers. More coming up. Hour three's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Share your thoughts. Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You're welcome to join us here. You can bring up whatever you want to discuss. We kick off the third hour of the show. 
I didn't know this. We found out from Olivia, who called in earlier tonight. Apparently, they're serious about this. This is not some sort of April Fool's joke. They're going to stop producing the penny. Nice. And that's a pretty big deal. Ah, I want to get into it. Coming up here, uh, we're going to go to the phone calls. Uh, Your calls and thoughts are welcome at 603-283-6160. And in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. We're also talking about the slowly shrinking print business. Specifically, in this case, newspapers. Their costs are rising dramatically as far as what it costs to actually print uh, a newspaper. Of course, distributing it is another challenge because you have to have actual humans to go out and do that and of course everyone's hiring right now because it's hard to find workers well guess what it's hard to find newspaper delivery men as well and so some companies are just cutting back and not printing as much as they used to they're just cutting out entire days of uh, print runs if you want to weigh in you're welcome to join us let's go to your phone calls and thoughts rob is in vermont you're on free talk live go ahead rob okay so I think that the reason why a lot of these newspapers are shrinking is because uh, I don't think the people, the the public, I don't think that they, they just won't, they don't participate in it. I think that they rather participate like on a website or Facebook or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I think a lot of times too, that with the newspaper, that whenever there's, you know, something that's gone on, I mean, specifically, even in the town of where the paper's at, a lot of times you don't even hear about it. You don't hear about it, or you do hear about it? You do not. Oh. Well, if you don't you read know? the paper, of course, you probably wouldn't hear well, about it. Right, but still, I, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot. another problem is, is that the honesty, it's, I think it's really gone away. You know, I, I think they just. You said the honesty. You're saying honesty has gone away. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you ever known uh, a government no. official to tell you the truth? No, well, of course not. Even if somebody isn't a paid government agent working for these uh, newspapers, they've already been government indoctrinated if they went to journalism school in college. So. Exactly. Oh wait, this this actually interesting uh, point that we were talking about on off off, off air here. Um, the government is actually paying reporters now uh, and sending them to work at newspapers on behalf of the newspapers. Wow. Um, so yeah, that reminds me of a story from years ago where there was a paper in I believe it was the town of Claremont, New Hampshire, and and Claremont is is kind of one of those dying towns. It's sort of known as it's tough to be in business in Claremont. People are moving out of it kind of thing. Um, and the newspaper also was dying. And so they actually, the government bought or, or like gave the paper a bunch of money or something like that. Was to this stay the in business. government or a federal I government? I believe it was the idea? state. The state did. Yeah. Oh, wow. In order to keep the quote unquote newspaper of record around. Uh, you remember hearing about that, Rob, years ago? You kind of live over uh, in the area. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, the same old hey you know you know we'll scratch your back if you'll scratch our back mm-hmm. you know? uh, i mean i think it's always been that way for for decades now rob and, i you, we know you you're a, a local uh, activist here in the area you're a longtime listener of uh free talk live uh and you're you're one of our older friends so you're in your what late 50s early 60s i'm uh 
uh, 58 years old. Late 50s. Are you uh, still a newspaper user? Do you do you still pick them up from time to time? Well, I mean, I read The Shopper, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, occasionally I'll read like The Reformer or something. I mean, it depends on... The Shopper, for know, listeners that don't know, is a one-time weekly freebie uh, that comes around. But when's the last time you actually bought a newspaper? Um, I don't want like, last week. Okay, all right, so... Yeah, you know, because... Well, well, our our town mayor, uh, well, not mayor, but he was town manager of, of the town of where I live at. He abruptly just resigned. I don't know why, hmm. you know, but uh, it was in the it was on the front page of the paper. So you but, wanted to find out about that? Exactly. That's why yeah. you're okay. I got you're right, you. but I mean, it didn't say why he resigned. It just for health reasons, whatever. I don't know. It, it didn't exactly say. It didn't really give you the info you were looking for. Rob, thanks no. for the call tonight, man. I definitely appreciate <laughs> hearing from you. That's typical news these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't really tell you about the story. Yeah. And, and, and they, just quote, they just quote some government source and then don't really answer the question. Go to Sarah. I think she said she was in her 60s when we spoke with her before. Sarah, are you still a newspaper user? Newspaper user. Well, you know something? I, I do read the newspaper once in a while mm-hmm. if they um publish my letters <laughs> i yes uh, they have the editorial page and uh, you know it's funny and then um a lot of people have read my articles uh like uh, representatives state representatives my friends call me i saw your red uh, article Hmm. Um. Yeah. So it's really interesting, and I. Um, so you would not purchase a local newspaper unless you had heard that your story or that your letter was printed within. Well, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and I would cut it out. Wow. Well, I mean, we have to call the news station. Is did my letter get published? And you know, a lot of my friends that like the red light cameras, they like when when was it published? They want to get that newspaper too. They get um, excited with me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, um, uh, so uh, Sarah has a bunch of yeah, friends that so. like red light cameras. <laughs> that's, well, that's yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's all part. I ever talk about. I mean, okay. I mean, what what else am I going to write about? Speeding vans and red light cameras, and then they published about three of my letters and. I would call all my friends that that go to these meetings. Like I, my I got my letter published. Read it. Um, so, so how often excited. do you get do you get published? I mean, obviously you call into this show a lot. So do you get on the local paper once a week or once a month? How often are you in there? Well, you know, I um I used to write. They did publish uh, three of my letters a couple of times, and I was I was talking to one of the that didn't answer my question senators. No, oh. no, no, no. You, no, you, no, I don't. I, okay, okay. You said you had like three of your letters published. That could be over the last 30 years. I'm asking you, how often do they publish you? How often do you write to them and how well, often do you get published? Well, I that was about within the span of eight years. So, okay, three letters but, in eight years. Is that because there's a lot of people that write to the local paper and it's hard to get in or you just don't write them very often? Well, um, no, I'm I'm more busy, I'm more busy um, like calling in this show, uh, so that I have that's to. That's a weird yeah, thing, so. don't you think? I mean, because you, I mean, I enjoy your calls. Okay. You, you always you do bring up interesting topics, Sarah. A lot of the time, sometimes, yeah, not so much. Why? But you can't you can't win them all? Uh, but <laughs> uh, 
as far as local, you want to affect people locally, don't you? Why wouldn't you write to the newspaper a little bit more often? I mean, if you are writing to the local paper, presuming they still have readers. Seems like a lot of people in New Mexico listen to the show. Well, that may be true. Uh, And we are on in Albuquerque, I think on the weekends. but We get a lot of callers from New Mexico and Arizona area. That's that's right, true. right, right. So that, that's the whole thing is that I know all of the, all of you guys have those smartphones, and then you guys <laughs> could, except me, I got a dumb phone because mm-hmm. I'm cheap, you know. But um, with a family pan, I uh, I only pay fifteen dollars because I I'm hooked up with the um, Raymond got a family plan, so the second line is fifteen bucks, so. But we're thinking of getting a a, a, a smartphone or internet service. Now, so Ray, um, yeah, you mentioned your uh, Raymond. Is that what you said? Is that your roommate? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, roommate. Right. I thought his name was something. So he just got, We figured Richard. out a way to. Uh, Richard. Yeah, we figured out a way oh, wait, to. Wait, is it Raymond or is it Richard? <laughs> well, uh, um, both. Oh, it's like a, a middle name. name. One of them's like a middle name or something. Uh, yeah. So, now he's in his seventies. Is he somebody who reads the newspaper regularly? Well, he only buys a newspaper when his article is published, and we cut it out already. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah, for the call tonight. So I appreciate if, it. If I am understanding correctly, old people just purchase <laughs> newspapers when they have articles published. <laughs> if that's what it takes, that's what it sounds uh, for like. Them to make a business, they need to start publishing work. more of those articles. Yeah, it's not going to work for them as a business if that's what their demographic is saying. <laughs> There's more coming up here. You can share your thoughts with us six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Uh, You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the struggling uh, newspaper business. They've been cutting back on print runs. Recently, a major publisher, Gannett, which is the largest chain in the country, eliminated their Saturday edition, uh, gone to what they call the weekend edition, which is what they did here in Keene. Now, Gannett doesn't own the Keene Sentinel. Keene Sentinel is an independently owned uh, newspaper. But I have, just out of curiosity, reached out to the Auditing Bureau to see what their current uh circulation rate is because it was down to like eight thousand and change back in twenty thirteen, so I suspect it's even worse Wait, now. Eight thousand. Yeah. And they're they have a business out of that? With, amazing. With only eight thousand readers? Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? They can pay journalists and stuff How? like that somehow. Well advertisements. Oh wow. The advertisers still I want mean, to reach that's people. Just 8, people that subscribe. There might be more people buying it out of the box. Or... No, that includes that. Um yeah, that includes mm-hmm. I mean, those numbers. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, per I, day. Can, I can think of a couple. I mean, maybe you can employ a couple of people, but that's got. I mean, they can't have many people left. Well, some people just look at them at the Moose Mart. They're just like, oh, look at this with the Keen Sentinel. Those are the lowest two. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I do back. every day. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, I do that every day. So we're talking talking about the uh, the situation with the newspapers around the country, and uh, again, costs are dramatically up. Seven hundred twenty dollars a metric ton to print instead of five hundred twenty dollars a metric ton, so almost fifty percent increase in uh, in printing costs. Of course, you know, inflation's hitting them too. Uh, yeah, this got to be a big one. 
They say that in the this is the MSN.com story here. The abandonment of print has progressed slower than many anticipated. The media business analyst for the Pointer Institute, Rick Edmonds, said that the change at Gannett is incremental, but it's a step along the way to bigger reductions. The fewer people who subscribe to a daily paper, and we're seeing numbers dwindle, the more expensive it becomes to deliver as paper routes get more and more scattered. Right? Because like it used to be, right. it used to make sense if almost every house is receiving the paper, it makes more sense to pay somebody to go out and do it but if it's only one out of ten houses or something like that that's uh, receiving a newspaper or two or three or something like that then it's it takes a lot more time you know the the number of houses you're delivering to per minute is much lower yeah and, and you know it's interesting hour. too about that is you know i normally i would think like why don't they just use the post office um but to pay for them yeah, for delivery i mean especially at some point they will how low their numbers are yeah um, but then I'm thinking, well, that doesn't really work well either because people expect their newspaper in the morning before they go to work. So, mm. but then again, I guess if they're all retired, maybe it doesn't matter anymore. I don't that know. That is a good question. The post office wouldn't be able to get it done very quickly because they're so bureaucratic. It, like the post, the mail comes to our house like at three p.m. Right. Well, also, if you ever if you ever send a letter within Keene. You will see that oh, it actually goes to Manchester. The delivery time would also be a problem because it would be delivered like two days later. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wow. might be the next day, but... Why it, does it go to Manchester? Because of bureaucracy. I mean, the way their system is set up. Yeah. They have this sorting system that they do or whatever. Anyway, some uh, chains in the newspaper business sold their printing presses and outsourced their work to plants located further away, which means stories have to be finished earlier in the evening, and the following day's newspaper might not even have the most up-to-date information. So even the newspapers (laughs) are getting staler as far as news is concerned. I mean, it was always yesterday's news today, right? (laughs) but now it's like late yesterday's news later you know you know what that's actually not always true they used to have like morning uh like lunch editions and evening editions of once upon a time but this was yeah. before all of our time yeah, period that's true um, this would have been probably in like the 30s that would have or, been in bigger cities probably yeah, as well 40s 50s something like that wow. some publishing executives say there's still money to be made from physical papers though john garrett whose company community impact prints more than 40 free monthly local newspapers and provides daily online reporting said the keys to produce a product that's attractive to both readers and local advertisers and he says his newsrooms are adding journalists. He says print. Wait, what? That's what he says. But then again, he's only doing a monthly paper. Oh. So that's a completely different you know, business I model. I wonder, you know, but you know what? My, if, if the quality of the reporting is up, yeah, that might make sense. And that might make, make it actually worth paying for. Well, um, A new magazine, it's on like this paper type material. It's almost like newspaper feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, came into the, somebody, a representative came into the Mighty Moose Mart and asked if they could just leave it there for free. And they do like a monthly edition magazine thing. And it's all kind of like spirituality. Hmm. And it's a Northeast New region. England. Yeah, yeah New, New you England. You showed that to me, I think. It's really cool. I like it. Yeah, and it's good for them when they can find businesses that'll just let them put things in there. I remember going around trying to find locations for the, like, I don't know if it was Daryl's paper or the, the Keen Free Press a long time ago. And like the Price Chopper is a local grocery store. They charge you. You don't, mm. you don't just get to they're not just all about the community or whatever they're they're charging you some number of dollars every month if you want to have a spot at the front of their store because you know they got a lot of traffic yeah and i'm sure every paper wants to be there 
Uh, the Indy Star showed Simone Biles the magnitude of gyma- gymnastics abuse. Here's how it got the story. Gannett, which merged with the Gatehouse chain in 2019, set a goal of increasing its 1.6 million digital-only subscribers to 6 million by 2025, but print subscriptions still bring in significant cash, accounting for more than $1.2 billion in revenue compared with about $101 million for digital-only subscriptions. The company expects revenue to dip, but to turn a profit in 2022. Gannett's newsroom saw some layoffs after the merger and during the pandemic. And by the end of 2021, the company employed 4,300 fewer people than just one year prior. Though it's unclear how much of that 24% reduction affected their journalists and how much was because of layoffs versus buyouts, attrition, or other causes. So just within like a year or so, they knocked out 24% of their staff. The Akron Beacon Journal endured layoffs long before it was purchased by Gatehouse in 2018, but there were no job cuts to their 40-person newsroom last month where the Monday print paper was eliminated. The journal editor fielded calls and emails from frustrated subscribers, though he said many have expressed a version of, quote, we wish you weren't doing it, but we understand, unquote. He has written multiple columns explaining how to access reporting on Mondays, including describing how he helped the 77-year-old subscriber navigate to the e-edition on her iPad. So it's literally wow. a process of, of hand-holding customers and showing them the new way of, of getting information. He says, the point I've tried to make is the world has changed and we have to change with it. We have to focus on the sustainability of our journalism and making sure we're here to serve the community. But then they come up against this issue that they mention here, which is that revenues for Gannett on their digital side is like less than a tenth of the revenues for the the physical print edition. There's more competition nowadays. There's number one, yeah, there's way more competition. But two, people on the Internet, they're cheap. They don't want to pay for a subscription for something. Nope. Uh, I mean, you really have to have something outstanding to attract, because like you said, there's more competition. You can go and get the story about, we're going to talk about pennies. You can go and get the story about the penny probably from 50 different sources. Or if there was a website where they wanted me to pay, I could just use (laughs) 12foot.io. Or archive.ph. There's a couple of sites out there that do a great job of knocking out paywalls so people can get the information that they need. Or that they want. I, I've always, I've always thought it was a bad idea to move to a paywalled version because you yeah. lose the advertising. And even with traditional advertising, you know, newspaper business, the money was in the advertising. But that's the other thing; you can't get as much for advertising. Uh, I know, but, but blocking your adver- uh, blocking customers, you know, ends up destroying you're your advertising yourself. business. Yeah, right? you're hurting yourself by doing that. Yeah. And- and that's the thing. These these old dinosaurs are trying to change with the times, and it's just, I don't think a lot of them, for a lot of them, it's not going to work out. No, definitely not. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. Speaking of dinosaurs, they're getting rid of the penny. We can talk about that coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live. Phones open. You can join us. 603-283-6160. We're talking about old things going away. And I was just wanting to talk about newspapers, but then somebody, Olivia, called in from Arizona and pointed out that the penny is going to be going away. And this is something that we've sort of talked about here on Free Talk Live over the years. It's like the pointlessness of the penny today, especially with inflation and the fact that it, the penny costs more than it's worth to actually manufacture yeah. it. It was I, like two or three cents the last time I looked. I remember this when I was a kid. 
And remember the idea of ending it, the penny? Yeah. Well, I mean, I plans too. and talk about ending mm-hmm. the penny. I mean, <laughs> I'm not the youngest, uh, you know, and certainly definitely not the youngest in the room here. Um, but it's been going on since at least like the 90s, early 90s. Yeah. So. And now, uh, and we'll get into into it a little bit deeper here. I've got a, uh, apparently a press release about this. Uh, if you want to weigh in, the number is 603-283-6160. But let's go to the phones here. we got Law Dog on the line in Michigan. Law Dog, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, those uh, those journalistic rags known as newspapers, they're just uh, they basically one party uh, Jack sniffing and ball washing the Biden administration, and uh, they're 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 part of the cover up. But uh, which explains Miranda why Devine. it is that the government is now hiring journalists, quote unquote. <laughs> oh, a- absolutely! Yeah. And Miranda Devine's hitting it out of the park. She's sixty years old. She's from Australia. She's got that laptop from Hell Book, and uh, my gosh, y- you know, uh, Hunter Biden goes on uh, uh, six week crack ninjas and. Uh, you know they're they're dirty. The the money's coming up, and what we got to do is we got to impeach uh, uh, the big guy. Uh, otherwise, he's going to pardon uh, Hunter Boy, and uh, uh, he'll get off scot free. And he shouldn't. He's uh, he's he's the worst. Apparently, Kim dot com is about to release a bunch of stuff from the Hunter Biden stuff. Did you see him really? tweeting about that? I saw him mention something about that. Kim dot com, like I the, don't know how he has it. I thought Kim dot com. I thought in New Zealand. Yeah, I thought Kim Kim dot com was saying that WikiLeaks was supposed to release it. Yeah, but he is working with some Swiss uh, forensics group hmm. that is going through it, and he, I guess, it, they sent it. To, to WikiLeaks. Him. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Very, very interesting. Law Dog, what else you got? Anything else to share? Yeah, just something quick here. It's just the introduction of uh, it's a book review of uh, preview uh, in a, a Miranda device laptop from hell. It says in the spring of 2019, four years after uh, Hunter Biden's brother's death, uh, Hunter Biden's crack addiction was raging. His wife of 24 years divorced him, and the steady affair that he had with his uh, brother's widow was on the rocks. A stripper from Arkansas has uh, launched a paternity suit. His business partners are jail or vanished or presumed dead. The fortune he has made from the foreign oligarchs and Delaware donors has been squandered or inaccessible. Mm. There you have it, folks, off the record on the QT and very hush-hush. I mean, this guy's a piece of crap. But I guarantee you, he's not going to see the inside of a jail cell. Uh, you're probably right. Yeah. Thanks for the call tonight, Law Dog. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. I mean, he's the president's boy, so <laughs> the odds that uh, the Justice Department's going to prosecute him for anything is pretty Well, pretty earlier slim. this week, somebody said to Joe Biden, well, you're the president. And he said, no, I'm Professor Biden from Penn State. Wait. No. They said this to I Joe saw the Biden. video. <laughs> I don't know if he thought he was making a joke. Who knows? Maybe I didn't see the whole context, Maybe. but it was like, what? Who knows if he even knows where he is. In any given <laughs> I mean, this moment. is like, this is a joke that's constantly being made. Yeah. If he actually is like, <laughs> if he's actually <laughs> making a joke about himself, like that's really funny. <laughs> 
I don't know. So uh, soon, finding a penny on the sidewalk will be as likely as getting struck by lightning twice. The U.S. Mint announced early April it will stop producing pennies beginning in 2022 and will make its last batch April 1st of 2023. Do you think people will hoard pennies? Somebody will. Because they'll be like, oh, these are going to be valuable (laughs) something, yeah, right. (laughs) And it's arguably the biggest coin news since 1857 when Congress discontinued the half Half cent. cent. (laughs) Which, believe it or not, people weren't thrilled about at the time. I have to see this. Wait, what year did they end the half cent? 1857. This shows you how old I am. I remember a teacher talking about how when she was little, they had half-cent candies, I think it was. Yeah, Yeah, and I remember when I was little, like the cheapest like little gum that you could buy was two cents. Really? Yeah, and then I think it raised to like five Five cents. cents. Yeah, I've got, I I can only imagine it's probably like a quarter today. Today. (laughs) Yeah. The coronavirus led to a nationwide coin shortage in 2020, which I always question that. Like, that seems so manufactured. That seems so sketchy, the the whole coin shortage thing that happened, which revived the debate about the penny's usefulness. The purchasing power of the penny, of course, and the dollar has declined over the years because of inflation. And it should be pointed out here that inflation is an increase in the money supply. <laughs> so the penny and the dollar have been getting worthless, worth less over time. And meanwhile, its production costs have gone up. In the 2019 fiscal year, the U.S. Mint produced more than 7 billion pennies at a loss of almost right. $70 million. So if I understand this correctly, the government's actually listening to us for once by... Uh, the FBI certainly is. By not <laughs> producing as many pennies. Oh, I, I see what you mean. I, yeah. I just don't quite think we'll they understand like when we say stop printing so much money, they understand what we're actually getting at. Mm-hmm. Discontinuing <laughs> the penny I don't think is going to do the trick no. if, you, if you continue to print the dollars. Uh, it costs roughly two cents to manufacture a coin that's worth half that. I'm surprised it's still two cents. I wonder if that's an updated number. I doubt um, it. Under infla- you know, the, the recent no crazy way. inflation. If pennies start to really go away, like this article claimed, mm-hmm. how will they have things that are like a dollar eighty three or something? So they will round up. It'll be one eighty five. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah, they'll set their computer systems to. Uh, even though tax will will come out with penny amounts, right? Because seven percent of whatever is going to be. There's going to be some sort of. Yeah, they'll probably just like round up or just down round up. or cut it off or something. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, he says, let's see here. In high school, I started writing letters to my com- congressional reps about canceling the penny, said a strategy uh, head of strategy at Block Native. In 2008, it was obvious they were a drag on economic activity. And in 2021, especially compared to the efficiency of fractionalized tokens on blockchain networks, I'm shocked that we still have the penny. Well, it's not shocking. I mean, it's government. They don't exactly move quickly. They're not really responding to the marketplace or anything like that. The they only don't care reason, about the economy. No, the only reason they're getting rid of the penny is because they finally decided to stop throwing money away. They're losing money on the production of it. And some bureaucrat finally said, all right, well, we can stop this now. You know, it didn't have anything to do with, like, what people want. Yeah, I, I, I can, I don't even know. Like, I could maybe understand, like... You know, 30 years ago, maybe I probably still couldn't understand, but maybe. But now within, you know, with inflation and all that, yeah. it's like it's well past time. I mean, can yeah. you buy anything with a dime, let alone let alone a penny? I put a dime in a parking meter today. And how much time did it get you? Not much. <laughs> probably less than 10 minutes. Yeah, I was thinking Six minutes, today, I think. yeah. can you even put a 
penny in a parking meter? No, no, of course yeah. not. They don't accept pennies. No, the pennies are basically worthless yeah. at this point. Um, somebody, uh, according to this here, not everyone wants to see the penny go the way of the dodo, though. Some people are clinging to the copper coin for its sentimental value. It's one of the first coins produced by the U.S. Mint following its creation in 1792. Other pro-penny people say that getting rid of the penny could lead to a one-cent sales tax being implemented on consumers because of the high number of prices ending in 99 cents. But maybe those prices will be on the way out, too. Yeah, how are people going to cling to their precious six ninety nine so they can trick people into buying things price mm-hmm. i mean it's all it's gonna happen is it's gonna go to one i, I mean one ninety five instead of one ninety nine if yeah mm-hmm. or two dollars yeah true. well you're right walmart's been doing that for years with yeah. the ninety six Walmart, do you ever notice that yeah, with yeah. Walmart? Yeah, have, and that's weird. Yeah, because every other business, it's a dollar ninety nine or ten ninety nine or whatever. Because if something says like four ninety nine, I'll always say, "Oh, it's four dollars," and Ian will say, "It's five dollars." Yeah. Like at the same time. <laughs> the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can join us here. Share your thoughts. It's free talk live. Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for you if you call in now. 603-283-6160 is our number. That's 603-283-6160. And uh, do want to say thanks to Joseph Scholl, who is a Free Talk Live silver supporter of the AMPS program. You can go to amps.freetalklive.com there, and you can subscribe to our Patreon and do it for as little as five bucks a month, like Joseph Scholl. Pre- appreciate the support. It helps us get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, bring new internet listeners on board, expand the ideas of freedom to more ears. You can help us with that. And you get some cool perks. You get some benefits over at amps.freetalklive.com. And by the way, Freedoms Phoenix is your source for all news economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. Get today's headlines all in one place and from a fresh libertarian perspective. You can find this and more at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. So, uh, Chris, you had an update for us on a topic we covered some months ago. There was news about Mozilla Firefox, which is one of the most popular browsers on the planet. They decided they were going to stop taking cryptocurrency. Mozilla is a donation-based thing right like they don't yeah. sell advertisements so it's they're supported huh. by people that support them uh, they actually are supported mostly by funding from the search results to google oh really and or theoretically some other so they got engine. a deal they've got a deal yeah. with google to, to yeah. funnel them yeah. business I, I mean to the extent that they actually have users which has been have been dwindling unfortunately because of other bad decisions well now crypto users are going to be taking a hike from firefox because uh, firefox stopped accepting crypto and they use the environmental Mm. damage from which is all a bunch of bs right if you start looking at their numbers the crazy thing is they're they're saying something to the fact that the cost per transaction is one thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars or something works out to something like that if that were true no one would use bitcoin (gasps) mozilla is saying that no no no, the the people claiming the the environment and uh, yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. That people are using to attack crypto, and I think what it actually indicates, um, sign wise, is like it, it indicates that there is uh, some power that be that really wants to take it out. Um, oh yeah, like oh, like yeah. like I mean, and 
the federal it's government. Not, right. Obviously the federal government, but like it's the bankers. Right. Like they seem to be more scared than ever because they're like just flat out lying about like this That's whole environment do thing. It. Because most people don't know how to look into it. Right. Oh, I wouldn't hear, know how to start. Right. They see the headline. They, they see that they headline and they think, about, oh, it must be true. They start talking about like whole countries, you know, you know, Bitcoin uses up, you know, well, sure. But. How much does the traditional, you know, dirty fiat currency system, you know, no uses, one cares right? about that. And by comparison, it's actually way less environmentally damaging by their own numbers, absolutely, uh, or accurate numbers anyway. By comparison, it costs something. You know, it, it depends on what numbers you're looking at. But it, if you do like a Visa, and, and this is the crazy thing is, they actually are even comparing these people are even comparing it against like Visa and Mastercard transactions, mm-hmm. and it's like. How can you – and they're not even comparing numbers-wise because they don't even understand what they're talking about. But they're comparing it like, oh, well, it's easier to – or it's easy to you know swipe a card. Why would I Why would I trust Bitcoin when I could just trust my like bank or whatever? And <laughs> That's it's, a person who's obviously never had a cutoff from a bank account or had their card deactivated. Right, or right. Cards uh, issues de- – you know, charges declined. Or had or, their uh, stuff stolen. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't just get your – uh, wallet keys stolen because you used a gas pump. Correct. There's and no skimming. Uh, there's skimmers for crypto. Part of the problem is that the costs of using every time you swipe that card, that that Visa or Mastercard mm-hmm. or American Express, you're paying for it through increased prices. Correct. And it's not even a small amount. If you bought, you know, a thousand dollar laptop, you might be paying seventy dollars towards Visa and Mastercard yep. to use that network. Yep. Um, you know, if you were to say use Bitcoin, um, even though Bitcoin, you know. Like there's cheaper cryptocurrencies out there, but Bitcoin, even if you pay a dollar for it or a couple dollars even for it, or even if you pay twenty dollars for it, you're still actually better off as a result than using, uh, you know, a Visa or Mastercard or, or American Express or you know any any of these you know. So networks. the latest news is not about Firefox. Firefox was just the first big internet uh, organization to stop taking crypto. Now it's even bigger it is wikipedia so this is this is a story from mars technica and wikipedia community votes to stop accepting cryptocurrency donations so um yeah there's more than 200 longtime wikipedia editors have requested that the wikimedia foundation so they're behind wikipedia mm-hmm. uh stop accepting cryptocurrency donations the foundation received crypto donations worth about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars that's us in most uh in the most recent fiscal year hmm. so now this isn't a lot of money relative to their, their like, whole budget their whole budget but it's still like not an insignificant amount of money. Well, plus, what about previous years when Bitcoin wasn't worth as much? They received Bitcoin back then too, and what's that worth now? Well, if they right. held on to if it, if they actually take this into account relative to time, like over yeah. the years, right? Um, I'm sure they. Yeah, made, if you got a hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin just a few years ago, it's probably worth more more than a million dollars. Right. Right. Now, I don't know if they were cashing out or if they were holding it Who or knows? what. Um, but this is this is also a big question, and they sound really stupid, so they probably were cashing out. <laughs> it's a good possibility, <laughs> and it's interesting because I do know um, nonprofits that did cash out, mm-hmm. and part Feeling of it. Sorry, now part of it was because they were concerned about the legal aspects mm-hmm. of it and uh, uncertainty, so they would just always cash out. Uh, that's too bad. Um, but yeah, but it was to the detriment of a lot of these nonprofits. 
Yeah, so less than 0.1%, not 1%, less than 0.1% of the foundation's revenue, which topped $150 million last year. Debate on the wow. propo- uh, proposal has raged over the last three months. Cryptocurrencies are extremely risky investments that have only been gaining popularity among retail investors. But it's not an investment if it's, it's not a donation. An it's like, not, it, and this is the crazy thing. It's not an investment. It's a, it's a currency. Like that's what it was designed to be. Sure, right. but people do invest in it. I can understand. Sure, just like they invest in the U.S. dollar or euros or, or other things, right? Which are terrible investments. Right. It's aren't. not right for most people. You don't want Those to. Win. Will never go up. Right. Value. You wouldn't want to invest. But in in the defense of people who are investing in Bitcoin it, or cryptocurrencies, usually or at least Bitcoin, um, it has actually been like the best investment of, of in, like human decade. history. But from the perspective of Wikipedia, that is a stupid objection to make because it's free money people are donating this to you and i can certainly tell you i am not going to be donating uh you know dollars to i'm never going to give them a dime i don't even donate if if somebody doesn't if there's a nonprofit and they don't take cryptocurrency i don't donate i have given to wikipedia in the past yeah and i won't won't do it again yeah um why is that because they're not taking crypto. Uh, yeah, like I mean, and and the crazy thing is, like these are the people, like I mean, people who have had crypto for years and years. These are the people with the money, guys. Um, yeah. these are the people you want to be appealing to to donate more money because they can. Sure. Whereas your average person who isn't doesn't have, you know, they, they've been. I mean, look at look at the dollar. I mean, with inflation, things have been going in the wrong direction. So people have sure. less. Your your people who are contributing have less and less money each year who only have dirty fiat. Whereas if you point. have crypto, you, you've been getting wealthier over the last couple of years or, yep. or decade last or so. Decade. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, cryptocurrencies are extremely risky investments that have only been gaining popularity among retail investors. I already said that. Um, I do not think we should be endorsing their use in this way. <laughs> uh, let's see. Gorilla Warfare is Molly White, a Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia in who has become something of an anti-cryptocurrency activist. She also runs the Twitter account. Web3 is going to is going just great. I suspect this is this video. This is the woman who created a, like a three hour was a three hour hour and a half long video on like how bad cryptocurrency is. Really? And she attacks like libertarians in it. And it's it's I, I didn't get very far, but her her numbers are just all wrong. Um, well, good. First they ignore you, then they uh, fight you, right? <laughs> or no, then they laugh at you, then they fight you. So yeah, in fighting phase and, here. And it's just it just it still blows my mind that. People are like believing this, this like how on earth and, and they don't say it's $1,333. They simply, they, they quote per no, transaction, right? Per transaction. But they say a certain amount per transaction and then you have to convert it. And, and they, and they do that because it's easier to manipulate people because mm-hmm. nobody actually goes and does the math right. and checks them on it. Um, but if, if they did, they'd quickly realize that this doesn't make any sense. And I don't even know where they come up with this $1,333 number because it's not that's not the cost of like mining a Bitcoin. So it's not like the initial creation cost of that Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it's almost like they're just pulling these numbers out of thin air mm-hmm. that have so it's no connection to anything. As far as I, I can figure out. Yeah, it's it was one thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars or so. Um, Masonic numbers thirteen and thirty three. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, let's see. Which which highlights some of the many disasters happening in crypto? Uh, D- DeFi, NFTs, and other Web three projects. The account profile says. Yeah. It it and it's, this is kind of interesting too because it's like you're also lumping like different things all together and they're not all the same. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they have different uses, and, and and some of them are garbage, right? Like, I don't think any of us would say, like, all cryptocurrencies are something you should use or all blockchain technologies. Yeah. I despise this particular viewpoint, the viewpoint that payment methods should be protested. I mean, it is just so <laughs> short-sighted and so dumb. Especially the basis that they're protesting over. Especially when you're going to continue taking the dollar that funds wars. See you tomorrow.